Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Viewers, end zone, he does have worthy. 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High-quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important, so is your budget. On second down, it's Daniels on the keeper, trying to break free. Daniels stayed in bounds and scored a Kansas touchdown. 365 Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, protecting Texans since 1952. Third down throw, might not need the kicker. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life. Chuck keeps it himself. Made two guys miss. Touchdown! Now here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. And here we go, a new week as we continue early on in the month of May. This is 365 Sports. We appreciate everyone who gives us time every single day. And even after the show is over, then the replay begins. And there's a lot of discussion, not quite as much 
as the chat room every day or the text line every day, but there is a, a lot of discussion from those who watch the segments either again or for the first time, and it's already going right now. Kind of a unique way to start the show. Paul Catalina, Craig Smoke, I'm David Smoke, and we appreciate again, this is 365 Sports in Your Time. So the draft was a couple of weeks ago, but I found this. This is from the NFL on the most players drafted by any uh, from one single high school. And Bishop Gorman, which DeMarco Murray, among others, has come from there, had three players this last draft drafted out of Las Vegas, Nevada. So they had the most. Nobody had, other than they, Bishop Gorman had three, and that was it. Nobody had four. Uh, that's it. Then there were 14 teams that had two players, high schools, excuse me, drafted, including Temple, Texas, right here, right here in the middle of Central Texas in a school that's in the same district of the schools that we cover, including Midway High School. So Bishop Gorman won 14 teams, including Temple. And, of course, Quentin Johnston led the way. Hawkins was a part of that group, too, with 14 had two. Now, one other graphic. Most NFL players drafted per capita, and Washington, D.C., based on their population, had two, Mississippi, seven, Nevada, seven, Georgia, 23, which is a larger number, but again, a very, you think about it, not Atlanta, whatever, but compared to some other states and Louisiana, and we've discussed the bang for your buck of value in Georgia and Louisiana. And then this one, most players drafted by each state. Florida had 36. They also had six first-round picks. Texas, Georgia, California, and Illinois. And Illinois sometimes is forgotten when we mention Ohio or Pennsylvania as some of the fertile grounds for recruiting. Yeah, um, one, Georgia um, kind of has – I don't want to say – they get kind of left out because the you know the normal thing was Florida, Texas, California, and then you started going to Ohio and Pennsylvania. Sure, have a lot, but Georgia lately, especially because of the population explosion uh, around Atlanta, uh, has really, really um, has really, really grown. And living in Texas, but growing up in Florida, I feel like I've been having this battle for a long time. That yes, there is a lot of talent in Florida, and that's. Really, and not to knock Texas, but that's where most of the national championships and like the basis of the teams the last thirty years has come out of. Uh, yeah, that's cool uh, to see. You know that kind of spread out of talent and and where it all comes from. It, it honestly, it feels like the draft was about a month ago already. It does. Yeah, um, yeah. it seems like that was about it, you know at least three weeks ago, and I spent a lot of time watching it and following it. Um, to just keep track of certain things. And, uh, yeah, it seems like we've zoomed right past that. But, yeah, I mean, um, you know, good for Temple High. Uh, I'm not sure how often that happens where they've put multiple guys in. That'd be another little stat there. But, uh, obviously, a big year with Johnson and Hawkins and, and Quentin in particular being a, a big-time pick like he was. So, yeah, that's cool to see. And, you know, as far as the spreading out of talent elsewhere. I mean, the Georgia thing at this point, if you're still sitting there saying, like, people might not know, well, then they're just absolutely yeah, clueless. It's been right. clear for a very long time now that Georgia produces a high-level amount of talent. I don't want to hear about them as, like, it's some surprise, or Louisiana, for that matter. That's been out there. Um, Illinois, I don't I don't really think of them, honestly, so that's one where they're not really much on my radar. But, yeah, I think Georgia has long well established itself at this point. Um, and, and Louisiana's... Typically the per capita one that I feel like I used to see all the time, but 
maybe that's just uh, others having, you know, picked up some of the weight or not not having as good of a year as they typically had. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's cool to see the distribution and how all of it came together. All right, so there's that. There's a couple of notes as far as the Big 12, or at least, yeah, in, in a way it is the Big 12. Um, Jalen Ellis, who played at Baylor from Cedar Ridge High School, who transferred from Baylor, entered the portal, and pretty quickly hooked up with West Virginia. In a matter of, I think, less than a week, this came out that Jalen Ellis has already flipped his transfer commitment from West Virginia and will play for Deion Sanders at Colorado. See, um, stop me, either one of you, if what I'm saying starts to come across as callous to Jalen Ellis, because I don't at all mean it to be. You've already done it. But that I know oh, what but, you mean. I know but, what you so mean. So, like, yeah. yeah. So, I don't mean it to be. Deion Sanders has a great experiment here this year and is trying to get Colorado to at least bowl eligibility by sending 50 scholarship players off the roster and getting 50 scholarship players out of the portal. That is going to be really hard to do because at this point in the portal, like guys are in there for a reason and only, you know, I could go down the top 10 list and you could probably pick out four of them that are for sure NIL guys. The rest of them, there's a reason for it, right? And NIL might be part of that, but they're also, if you look at their numbers, they weren't exactly ripping it up where they were. Jalen Ellis, to me, fits this bill in that he was injured for his near entire tenure at Baylor. He did not do anything until the Texas game this year where he scored a long touchdown, and it was it was a great touchdown. You could see his speed and athleticism. But if Deion Sanders thinks that players like Jalen Ellis are the path to winning at Colorado – I hate to break it to you, Baylor would have done terrible, awful things to get more wide receivers last year, and Jalen Ellis was there and didn't help him. And he was mostly healthy last season. So that is what I'm talking about. It's like this is what you're, 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 are you, what are you really doing here in the portal? Yeah, I mean, there's a, I guess, kind of a good opinion, bad opinion, like just as far as my, how you would generalize my thoughts on, on the commitment here. On the one hand, uh, Jalen Ellis is very fast. You know, he hasn't been able to stay very healthy. Uh, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's very fast. And so if you're looking for somebody that Shador Sanders can find on a deep ball on occasion, then I think you've got a guy that can help you do that. Um, and if he can carve out a role more so than he was able to in Waco, which I don't know what all, you know, stood in his way here as far as not seeing more playing time. You know, it wasn't like the coaches hated him or anything. He was recruited here directly by Sean Bell. Um, that was a big get for him back in the day uh, to lure Jalen Ellis here and reunite from their high school days uh, when Bell was his head coach for a year. Uh, so I know they had a lot of love for him, and the fans had a lot of love for him. They just never could really wrap their arms around him because they never really saw him. Right. And, you know, look no further than his stat lines where in 2020 he caught two balls for 41 yards. And that was it. One of them was 39. So, like, again, you want, like, a couple deep balls, he will give you a deep ball. That was it, though. 2021, and granted, there's injuries kind of in play here as well. One ball, three yards. This year, three catches, 154 yards. He averaged 51 yards a catch. And that's, again, what he can do for you. That included a 57-yarder. He had one touchdown. So, six catches over three years for – about 200 yards and one score, but, I mean, an insane average. I mean, that's, again, what he can do for you. But at the same time, while I do think that there's maybe some unmaximized potential there that Dion can squeeze out and Shadur Sanders can, you know, hit on a regular basis, 
it does make me then look at the rest of these pickups and whoever else they bring in with a little bit of skepticism as far as what and how impactful they can be immediately because there's a lot of guys that we see and we're like, oh, the Florida State guy. And I don't know, Paul, you have a different view of it, but like, oh, man, they had another Florida State guy. They had another Florida State guy. They had this guy. They had that guy. And if you don't follow those teams closely, you're like, wow, he's cleaning up. Like, oh, my gosh. But then you come across a player you do know pretty well, and you go like, you see the celebration surrounding it, and you're going, wait a second. Like, that guy didn't really do that much of anything. Like, that's not some massive pickup right there. Like, that's a guy who's got some potential, but he's not like a, wow, he's going to, you know, rock your socks off right away. So that's where I kind of look at the rest of these pickups now, and I'm like, are they all a bunch of Jalen Ellis's? Are they a bunch of, you know, guys who, who, who could be very good, but who haven't reached a certain level? Or are they mostly guys who have reached a level and are kind of established? And I'm, I'm sure I, it's probably a mix. But for Jalen Ellis, it's a wait and see. Um, I hate that for West Virginia. Let's let's put that out there. Yeah. That sucks for them. They were excited about him, and we had this conversation about his stats in the deep ball. Of like, I don't know how much you'll get, but when he does appear, it's usually pretty good. And so I was thinking that would be a good pickup for West Virginia. Um, you know, if they can maximize his speed and and his uh, his talents, and I think it's a great pickup for Dion. But it's not one knowing him that I go like, oh yeah, that's like that's putting them over the top. They're going to win extra games because of this. But you know, all all together, uh, maybe he carves out a role for himself, and I hope that he does. We will have something. A couple of comments made by Washington State's uh, President uh, Kirk Schultz here. In just a moment, to will discuss on that. One other personnel note, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. Kansas State working on a new deal for $44 million that would run his contract through 1930. What's that noise? I'm hearing a popping noise. Is that me? Uh, would run his contract through uh, 2030. So Kansas State trying to wrap up their head coach and Chris Kleiman after, uh, again, a spectacular year. Ended with a loss to Alabama, but they won the Big 12 title and looked good while they were throughout most of the year. Uh, they came to Waco, and Baylor had a couple of bad losses, but that was one that was an absolute bloodbath the way that went down. Now, uh, I know there's always the thirst for conversations involving realignment, and you know, there, 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 I, I do think that I do think that there is uh, obviously schools from the Pac-12, all of them, have made it clear that they would like to see the numbers before they make any decisions. However, sometimes you can still stray, and you you wonder if that is happening. Secondly, um, there was uh, Jim Williams sent me a note over the weekend about how he felt like Apple Plus and a couple of maybe linear-type networks were going to be involved. I have not seen any news on that but i appreciate jim sending that to me over the weekend and that got a lot of play and then some even started he made that it was pretty good news if you think about it just that there's going to be a deal again he's not reporting that but said he had talked to somebody who contacted apple plus and then there was some taking shots at him like why do you want the pac-12 to fail which we've discussed that we're not going to go down that that we're not going down that road today uh, and Jim was like, I'm just giving you information and passing it along to you because it is like either you're a red state or a blue state. But Kirk Schultz to John Wilner, who covers the Pac-12 for the San Jose Mercury News and also the Wilner Hotline. Craig, you read most of it, but there's a couple of quotes. He was talking about how, why has this been delayed? This is not breaking news, but it makes sense. And, and we've discussed it. If you said... Uh, when we would be the when would be the worst time in the last six years to try to renegotiate or negotiate a media deal? Probably the last five months 
is pretty close to the worst. That's what I've been saying. I mean, like, and all but a few of those things are are completely not related to the Pac-12, other than the fact that there's going to be output of money somewhere, and they don't register on the priority of any of that. They're one of those things that after you get down the list of, do we take care of this? Do we take care of that? We Have we settled this? Have we settled that? This merger, that merger, strike here, that, you know, there's another one coming after that one maybe. And all, all down the line, when you turn around, you're like, okay, what do we do with the Pac-12 now? You know, it's, it's a, the it's, uncertainty it, in the economy, the layoffs in the tech sector and other places. Yeah. It's the environment. Yeah, there's so much going on. So, yeah, well, then like, okay, now they want their money now. Well, I think we're kind of capped out, so here's what we can do for them. And here's, here's one more quote, then, Craig, your response. I know at least one of the partners, this is from Kirk Schultz at Washington State, we are talking, we're, we're talking to said, we're ready to sign today, but the optics of us announcing that we're laying off X number of people and we signed a multi-million dollar deal with the Pac-12 are just not the best, so we're going to have to wait six weeks. Now, I don't know if that was six weeks as of last week or six more weeks, or we've heard, of course, at the end of May, then June. Of course, that timeline has been pushed back on multiple occasions, it seems like, based on what other presidents have said throughout the last six months. Uh, yeah, to be clear, I didn't read anything. I listened to the whole interview. Oh, okay. Um, I listened to every single bit of it, and I was especially curious. Dennis Dodd had put out a tweet saying, oh, here's Kirk Schultz with some interesting stuff, and I looked at Dennis's mentions, and had uh, you know your typical tribalism from either side, and uh, this is again one of those you read what you want to read or you hear what you want to hear type of things. Um, and I went into it uh, with you know no leanings one way or the other. I know some people might scoff at that of like, of course you're looking at it from the big, but like we're talking about this for like I'm not looking at it from a Big Twelve like go win, go destroy them. Uh, you know, view. I know some are. I'm not. Um, I maintained that this entire time, and so I went in there. And listen to that entire hour uh, with as clear and unbiased, you know, a mind as I possibly could. And having seen some comments or headlines prior to that suggesting that, like, all this outside noise is complete fooey and he completely erased any thoughts that there's anything wrong. Uh, no, that's not true. I didn't walk away thinking that, like, they're totally fine and nothing at all is potentially going to happen. Um, and then... You know, I didn't see as much, but on the other side of like, oh, they're totally screwed. I didn't walk away with that feeling either. I walked away with the same feeling I've had basically the entire time of what's the TV deal look like, and that's going to determine what happens with the Pac-12, bottom line. I mean, um, he talked about a lot of different things. I think one of the most interesting things is how much it kept circling back to the academic side and how much a conflict athletics especially big money athletics is to the mission and the ideas and the future of the Pac-12. And it just makes me wonder of like, you know, if there's that drum beating, and I know it's been beating in previous generations as well. There's always been a conflict of like the importance of athletics and academics and where those roads cross and everything. But now, especially when you're talking about a conference that supposedly prides itself so heavily on academics, that is spending so much of their energy on this money portion of the athletic side. And you wonder about, like, what does the future look like with NIL and all these things? It's like, okay, they're fighting, and maybe they win a battle right now, but, like, how much are they in it for the future as far as, you know, this NIL era? Because I think the Big 12, we know they're going to go all in no matter what until they can anymore as far as the sports side of it. But for the first time, not for the first time, because we talked about Cal and Stanford and their interest in playing this game for however long they might. And that was a big topic because there's Washington State people that feel that same way of like, 
is this what we're supposed to be doing, throwing millions of dollars at athletes and, like, NIL and all this stuff? And so there's there's that, I think, sub-storyline for the pack in particular that I think is very interesting. Oh, I, I, I agree. I, I think it, it is really, really interesting. The other thing is um, academics, athletics, whatever, it all boils down to the one undefeated force in our capitalistic society is money. Yes. So – at the end of the day, the only Matt answer, Rule. yeah, the only the only answer to the question is whatever the question you have about the Pac-12 is money. That's it. The only answer is money. So they can you can say academics, athletics, balance this endowment thing, endowment, blah blah blah. How much money are they going to have coming in because of this? And how much more money could they have if they made a different decision? That's the only thing it is. And everything else is superfluous to the one central topic of money. Yeah, and I wonder just, like, in that that area of, like, there's a different level of, I think, commitment and passion that's not a knock on the Pac-12 because they're pursuing the, a, like, you know, I don't want to say one's pursuing academics and the other's not, but it's been like they're, they're bragging rights. <laughs> you know, it's like we're superior academically and we're not belittling ourselves and, we're we're not getting in the mud with these schools that don't take it as seriously, right? Like that's been a big war cry for them. And so to hear him talk about some of the the rumblings from the academic side of Washington State and their fears about the direction that, you know, all this is headed and whatnot, it just makes you wonder about like, okay, even if they survive another five years, like how many of those schools are in this NIL, you know what I'm saying? Like in this to win it and to be a part of it. And it just it does make it made me wonder sitting there not so much about the Pac-12's future, the big, but like, does Stanford want to play this game for another twenty years and, and whatever that turns into? And so it was just really interesting to hear that part of it because it wasn't all about realignment and that a big chunk of it was about NIL and the concerns about that and the NCAA and its future lack thereof and just all these other things that that have a role that we don't necessarily sit down and think about uh, all the time, but. Um, yeah, he, he brought up that there was a, a network that was ready to sign up and execute the deal, and then they thought it would be bad PR because of recent layoffs, so you can point to whoever you All want right. to as far as that goes. Stop for one second. ESPN's undergoing numerous layoffs, and Amazon announced it would eliminate 9,000 jobs. Yeah. So if, if, if those two are involved, Apple Plus, of course, is not so just the, to, to interject that, those statistics or that comment while you're talking about it. Yeah, so you can believe that if you want to or not. I mean, I'm sure there is some level of that, that it wouldn't be good for the Amazon, for example, to turn around and be like, we just signed this multi-million dollar deal with the Pac-12 after we laid off 3,000 people. And so there's, there's some of that. Um, I don't know how much stock I put into that all the way because I kind of feel like, what are they going to do about it? Like, are people going to be like, I, you know what? I'm boycotting the Pac-12. I cannot believe Amazon. I'm boycotting them, too. I cannot believe they signed this new deal while other people are losing their jobs. You'd like to think that, but let's be realistic about it. I don't think that would be much more than a hiccup. But nice of them to think that way if, in fact, that's why there is a delay. I think there's probably something to that. I don't think that's the main reason, necessarily. That's just me assuming uh, based on what I heard and just, like, Okay, that that kind of makes sense, but not not all the way makes sense. It kind of sounds like a little bit of an excuse. So I'll I'll meet you in the middle on that as far as that goes, because there is something to that. But the Pac-12 though is just one of the many things that would be messed up about layoffs <laughs> right. in the corporate structure, because at some of these companies, 
the CEO is going to get a gigantic bonus. Yes. Right. Okay. Jeff Bezos is going to fire 9,000 people at Amazon. Is Jeff Bezos going to cry a tear? Is he going to have to shut down one of his vacation homes or a rocket ship or anything? No. So again, the PAC 12 should not feel any kind of like, you know, liberal responsibility to the proletariat at all on there. I think there's people way above the Pac-12 that are going to benefit way, way more from the 9,000 layoffs at Amazon than they ever would. Uh, and so I, I don't think that that's, that, that's, that's kind of one of those things that I, feels like the higher-ups say to put the Pac-12 off a little bit more, even though it's, it's really not true. And you have to, what Craig's talking about is organizational direction. Like, what direction do you want to go to as an organization in the Pac-12 or anywhere? Like, it's this is going to spill over from the Pac-12 into other schools because if you are Memphis, if you are uh, even a team that winds up in, in, a, in a power conference after shake the this round of shakeups is done, after 10 years, if you are so far behind, you know, Georgia – that you can't even economically wrap your head around the math to catch up there, do you have to start going, well, how do we make this work for us? Yeah, and I think that's what the Big 12 is trying to figure out as well. And the ACC's dealing with is, uh, you know, what's the gap before we get back to the table? And the Big 12 is like, how can we make up any room that we possibly can? And and that's what I, I mean is like if it becomes so so wide, and this is years down the line, but I think that if anybody was to say, you know what, we're out, I think it would be that side and that part of the country, that that uh, conference more so than anybody else. And so, like, obviously that's not anything that's in the works right now, but it's just something to be mindful of, I think, as all these rules change and, it you know, the money's flowing the way that it is. If you talk about the haves and the have-nots or the super conference idea or whatever it is you want to, you know, point out, and listen to that conversation, you hear that academic, you know, like just the struggle that's going on of like, are we a college? Are we a university? Are we a pro sports franchise? And I think the big 12 has shown that like they are um, yes on the academic side, but yeah, they're going to do whatever they can to, you know, participate in athletics to the best of their ability. And the pack is going to do the same, but I do think they're having a little bit more within their university walls that that struggle of like, you know, what is our identity? Are we getting too far away from it? If we pursue, you know, this, be, remain, remaining relevant in this type of an era. And so that was interesting just to hear him touch on. It didn't really have a lot to do with the Big 12 at all. Um, but there there were a lot of other things that he discussed, and he maintains that they're sure they're going to get a deal done, but the interruptions, obviously, with the cuts that are going on. Um, and he's a he probably watches this show. So shout out to Kirk Schultz or, or shows that are similar because he admitted to that because the realignment part of it was brought up, and he basically closed it all by saying that, you know, he tried to kind of calm any fears and say, like, hey, we got our deal. There's this delay because there were, you know, job cuts and it was bad optics. But, you know, he touched on the streaming part of it and said, like, hey, there's going to be an element of that. Yes, but, you know, it's it wasn't like a huge deal. It wasn't like they were talking 100% all streaming or anything like that. But then, you know, by the end of it, uh, having, you know, said, like, well, I listen to shows and I get where people are coming from. And, you know, there's this and there's that that's going on. Um, he did say that. Um, the Pac-12 is going to be fine, but that the longer this drags on, he understands people that are like, what's the contract figure? What's the network? And how long are the years? And is anybody signing a grant of rights? And until they hear that, he understands why people are going to be skeptical. So for him to acknowledge that, I think, was important because, 
you know, it's not nothing, like I said. And he understands, too, that uh, there is this outside chatter that's growing and building and probably a little bit uncomfortable for them at times just or an annoyance at times. Uh, but he gets it because there's not a grant of rights that we know is in the works. There's not a contract right now. There's not a network right now outside of the ones they're negotiating with, with but as far as signed on paper. And so until that happens, like these conversations, like every other conversation, until that happens – he knows, like we know, and like we've stated over and over again, the talk's going to continue. And the Connor, only thing that will bring it to a close is when we know all those details that he mentioned. Connor Johnson, who is, uh, I think he's very much entrenched as a fan as the Pac-12, has mentioned now for a week or two, he thinks that it's going to be a $40 million per program. That's his opinion. And, Connor, we appreciate that. He also said, wonder which YouTubers Schultz was talking about with that little face of, huh, that's an incredible compliment. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, that uh, that if 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 we are one of those that maybe Kirk Schultz was alluding to, and he's invited to come on this show whenever he wants to. Yeah, we yeah, have no, I enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed listening to him. You know, some of it I didn't care about. It was like you know just stuff that I. It's Washington State business, you know, and and so I wasn't really. Um, and there wasn't much of that, quite frankly. There's just a couple parts that I sort of skimmed through because it was like getting into NIL. And I was just like, all right, I don't, you know, I, I've heard the whole bemoaning of NIL from an athletic director's point of view. I don't really need to hear another version of that. Uh, we've heard multiple. So I kind of, you know, skip head five seconds here and there. But I listened to the entire thing. I think if you're a Pac-12 fan, I don't know how you could read all that and be like, ha, Told you, idiots, we're totally fine. I also don't think you could read that from the other perspective and say, oh, they are totally screwed. I think it about left me where I've been pretty much this whole time and where I really was on Friday when Paul and I were hosting, where I said for the first time that my opinion on the end result hasn't changed, but my percentages on how I feel about uh, that all has has slightly started to to shift a little bit based on just – tea leaves and things that have been mentioned um so we'll see where it goes but it was good to hear that perspective that full-on perspective and to hear it with my own ears and not just go off the headline you know and and he's spoken before it's been a couple of months i believe but he has spoken before one of these uh, his quotes is from schultz our conversations are going well but at the end of the day you're supposed to say somebody's Matt name. Rule. Uh, if I'm a fan, I'm skeptical until you say, Kirk, make an announcement. That Tell me the end. dollar figure. Tell me everybody's signing the grant of rights, and then I'll leave you alone. Until we get that done, and, ex- and I expect that to be this summer, there's going to continue to be the speculation out there about what is going to happen. So the, that this summer part, I forgot to mention that part of it. He did say this summer, but... I mean, I think that's what we've all said all along. So, you know, it's it's not like we're sitting here throwing crap. I mean, he understands. He gets it. Um, you know, that's what everybody is saying is, is until they get that done, the talk's going to continue. So if you don't like the talk, then just, you know, say a little prayer that that thing gets done by tomorrow. But it looks like there's going to be a little bit more of a wait now. You know, what does this summer mean? I mean, any of these next three months, I would think, until football yeah. season starts. But at least there's a little bit more of a – of a time frame, I suppose, but I, I enjoyed it. Uh, one of their regents was the interviewer, and I had a sheet of paper with some notes on it, and it, it's on my coffee table, I think. But I thought he did a, 
you know, a good job um, in asking some pertinent questions that clearly are on a lot of people's minds. And they're basically all of them are the things we talk about on this show on a daily basis. Like all these big concerns, all these fan questions, NIL, what does it mean moving forward? Right. Realignment, what does it mean? Are we okay? And then like maybe one or two other things. But that was the gist of it. And um, yeah, like I said, it, it was a lot of what we've heard or what we've already kind of thought, but... You know, a little bit of clarity and, and reassurances from that side of the, the aisle, so to speak. And and also just interesting of, like, yeah, people wondering of, like, where is Washington State 10, 15, 20 years, you know, from now academically and athletically? And how does that balance each other? And I think there's a real concern about that right now. So we'll see how that continues on as we uh, move forward. And, and Kirk Schultz can say all these things. Uh, we were sitting at Big 12 Media Days, and Bob Bowlesby was as fat and happy as he co- and confident as he's ever yeah. been in the stability of the conference. And 10 days later, we were talking about how's it going to make it. Uh, George Klyovkov is rolling along thinking that he's got two happy schools in, in L.A., and then where are we now? So this is the nature of, of every summer, it appears. And so until there's a final answer... It's just going to be well white knuckling from the Pac-12. Yeah, and and that we're not going to go over our skis. Uh, Craig mentioned Friday, and I listened to parts of the show when I could, and Paul with the show about the percentages. It, it, it's not as if okay, so you have this Pac-12, whatever they're waiting on, whatever the networks linear and or streaming, what they're waiting on, whatever that is, and then you also have no matter what, you have. 10 footballs, 10 universities who you wonder all it takes is one of them to get antsy. And is that, who is it? It doesn't matter who it is. It's any of the 10. It's not going to be Stanford and Cal. We get that. But it, it just takes one to start to have flirtations, and then you find yourself with issues. Now, I know some say no one wants to go to the Big 12. What did Paul you say earlier? It's about money. It is, no matter about all the other stuff that could be out there as an argument, AAU, R1, R2, endowment, money, all that. We get that. That's that's without saying. A lot saying. of that's a smokescreen, too, yeah. is sometimes used yeah, by people, was, well, for sure. Yeah, that. like yeah. that's Because I've definitely seen holes poked uh, in, in some of those arguments, uh, and I think that sometimes we just take it and we just like, oh, okay, that's how it is, okay, and then move on along and just accept it as truth. I think there's arguments where those things do absolutely matter. I think there's other arguments where that's just – you know, uh, a distraction, uh, quite frankly. Um, but, you know, he did say uh, about the grant of rights, you know, there at the very end of, you know, if you're people out there wondering, he totally gets it uh, because he sees the speculation. And so until you, not to quote him exactly, but summarize, until you show me the money figure and you show me the contract and you show me the networks and you show me the grant of rights has been signed and all that, I'm going to be skeptical. Well, that's the part I've wondered about the entire time is the grant of rights and, and what that ends up looking like and the length of that and the you know security of that because you know, just getting to the finish line is, is the goal right now. But then, you know, what does that look like as far as the commitment level that is, is made? Um, so that's going to be very interesting to see what all those schools agree upon. 
Um, you know, as far as are we we going to say five years together for right. sure? Are we going to say ten? Like, what are we going to do there? I think that's a fascinating angle to it because it could just open up another world of possibilities. But, um, yeah, he's he's confident in their direction and saying, you know, basically all the right things. I don't think he said anything that was entirely damning or you know, was going to torpedo anything. But like everybody else, whenever you hear, like, did you hear the Colorado president? He said there's no chance. And it's like I listened to it and I read it, and I don't think there's no chance. I think there's like maybe a lower chance, but I don't think there's no chance. I listened to that thing multiple times in certain parts. And, um, you know, based on what I was saying on Friday about not predicting anything's happening, but I'm more open to the idea of, you know, slightly feeling like, okay, that's maybe a little bit more on the table than I ever expected. And I'm pretty pessimistic about that. Um, by no means am I predicting anything, but I am very curious the more you hear people talk about just, uh, you know, the, the maze that we're in and, and how much longer that thing's going to go. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, we will. Uh, a young star back in the 70s, a part of the Oakland A's winning three consecutive World Series players, uh, championships passed away over the weekend. I want to get into that. Also, news on Abram Smith and former Baylor running back Jordan Williams when it comes to the XFL. They wrap up their season, of course, with the championship game in San Antonio this afternoon. The text line with questions, comments, and the chat room continues to go. 254-339-1122. This is 365 Sports. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Aaron Duvall, owner, Texas Beef House. Why did you get into this business? We kind of were born into it, and it's been for uh, several generations. Our family's been in the, in the beef business, uh, the, the ranching business, and we've specifically got into the beef business uh, back in about 2015 when uh, me and my son uh, decided to form Texas Beef House and uh, sell directly to the public. Aaron, everyone yeah. knows about Wagyu and, and, and how elite that is when it comes to beef. What separates you from anyone else that may do this in this type profession? We um, selected out Wagyu mainly because it's, uh, it's such a quality beef and uh, it's consistent. Some beef, some breeds, you, know, you may have, uh, you know, a good animal every now and then. But Wagyu produces really consistently good beef every time. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. 
At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be part of the Waco community. We're a small family business here in Central Texas. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important. And unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. And that's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through this difficult time. So if you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. You can schedule online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or call 833-IDEAL-MRI. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDI see an equal housing lender. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears. It's the season to shop our large selection at Allen Samuels in Waco and find the vehicle that's right for you. Get amazing deals on new Ram trucks, Jeep SUVs, Chrysler minivans, or a sporty Dodge. Shop AllenSamuelsDCJ.com or come in to see us today at Allen Samuels in Waco. This is 365 Sports. The 3 o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. 425 Lake Air Drive, Waco. Over the weekend, or actually it was earlier today, the XFL had an off week because they had the semifinals a week or so ago in the championship game this Saturday in San Antonio. Bob Stoops at Arlington, the Renegades against D.C. Defenders, For the championship, defenders, of course, with Abram Smith, who we spoke to last week, in fact, a week ago today, was named the first-team running back. And Jordan Williams, former Baylor linebacker, was also named the first-team on defense. Wanted to give that note. Good for both of them, that championship game. That's on ABC Saturday night, the XFL at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Vita Blue, go ahead. Good for them, Um, you know. Cool to have that opportunity. Uh, I haven't watched a ton of the XFL. I know there's been debates about what's been better, USFL, XFL. I've seen, you know, a little bit of both. But uh, to see that Abrams having a great year is awesome. And, you know, unfortunately, though, I saw where there's already some NFL teams post-draft signing XFL guys or, you know, whoever, and did not see his name mentioned. I think it's going to be hard, like we've talked about before, for a running back to crack it, you know, the, the, the rosters back in the NFL, but he's done seemingly all he can do, you would think. I mean, with the type of year that he's had, he's shown uh, that he has the goods to be one of the better players in that league, um, but at that position, you know, is it enough to get a call from, you know, an organization in the NFL? Not right now, it appears, but he's still playing, too, uh, for a few more days, so we'll see after the game if there's, you know, any change to that. But I did see where there were some players, NFL teams were starting to sign mm-hmm. um, a handful of guys and uh, was definitely looking for him or any other, you know, Baylor or Texas guy. And 
um, you know, didn't didn't see him or Jordan Williams on there, but uh, happy for both of them to to go ahead and have made an impact. Yeah, I don't know if they can commit to that or the, it may I don't know be how it works. Wait till yeah. the see. Well, Jordan Williams' season is over because he's not a part of that game. He he uh, he played for I think San Antonio, but I don't know if yeah. like you have to be done to get a. I don't know why. I mean. It's one more game and yeah. it's an NFL opportunity. So I feel like if you're Abram Smith, you should just be able to be a hell of a story yeah. for uh, ABC to tell for the XFL he, during the game. And like you know, he might have one, but maybe they're just holding it perhaps to yeah. to, to do that. I, I hope so. Here's my pitch for the XFL and USFL, and tell me if I'm crazy. Keep growing. I hope they do because I hope these guys that can be pro football players and make money doing it can do it in in several different ways, um, but. I would like to eventually see them at least merge to a point where they would play a couple games against each other, the talent more maybe evenly distributed, XFL, USFL merger, and then, like, once in a while, like, alternating years for two years, like maybe the World Baseball Class, they do two years in a row and they take two years off, they play the winner of the Grey Cup, alternating locations in Canada and the U.S., and they have to do each other's rules. That would keep when me interested. When does the Canadian Football League season end? Yeah, see, I think it's it's well after, but if you figure, you could figure, like, these things can be figured out in Paul Catalina's world of trying to make non-NFL football leagues work. Yeah, I think that adjustment to the field and things like that would be a bit of a, I mean, you talk about tough, home field yeah. advantage is one thing, but, like, an entirely different three downs dimensions yeah. on the field and, yeah. you know, all that, I think that would be, that's like a home field advantage and a half right there for the Canadian team whenever they're uh, at home, and then you know vice versa for the American leagues. But um, I like your idea on the surface. I, I think though the Canadian part kind of throws a wrench in it, maybe yeah. because of the timing I mean, and the, the that rules. To me, that to me is just uh, it's just fun. I that's get the it. The fun but, part, but the I, other two, one I'm kind of serious about. I think that would be. I don't think though they should merge. I think that they should play each other. Yeah, and that at the very minimum, that's what you should do yeah. is have the USFL versus XFL championship game. I think that would be a good idea um, because I think if you just merge them into all one league, you kind of just have what you've always had, and you just eliminate a heck of a lot of opportunities for guys. If you could yeah. float them both, keep them afloat. Um, but yeah, I do like the idea because they basically play. I know that, you know, there's a little bit of a difference in their schedule, but that's because of each other. So if you lined it up uh, just slightly better than the way it is already, uh, it's not that much of a difference. And, yeah, you could have the XFL versus USFL, you know, winner-take-all championship game. I think that'd be kind of – I don't know if it'd draw, you know, tons and tons of people, but I think it'd, it'd have some interest to they it. They just need to align the ending of the seasons because right. the USFL just kind of started and the XFL is right. about to end. From James Napier, this is intriguing – to me, the question, and I responded to James on, on the chat room, is it just me, but as a fan of one of the incoming schools, Big 12, I'm starting to become really put off by the obsession of the Big 12 with the Pac-12. Let's do better. I don't know why that would affect you. I, I do think that realignment has taken on a, a complete story of its own ever because it happened in such a big way with Texas OU and what that meant and then including whoever you are a fan of coming to the Big 12. And then USC and UCLA was like the second eruption. Uh, it, it affects college football. It's also whether this is whatever happens in the next six, seven, eight weeks with a Pac-12 or not, it affects college football. Now, five years from now, and maybe even 10 or 12 years from now, it's just part of the conversation 
that is part of college sports with all of these media deals and who is going to survive them. And, and in the end, you hope everybody does. I can get the perspective of I was hoping to have a summer of being able to celebrate my team coming into a new league and being a big deal for the first time, but also uh, with the realization that I don't get to control the news cycle. Uh, and I said it, Craig, I said it to you on Friday when we were here. I want this all to get done because I'm 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 wary. I'm tired of the speculation. Like I just want I just want to know. I, I just want to know, and I'm tired of you know having to answer to. I mean, this is not us that does this, but somebody sends me something like this guy said this, and I'm like, well, there's no basis for that, and he's just a guy in a room with a microphone and a camera. We all have one now, so let's let's just wait until something real happens and talk about that as opposed to trying to play, I think you coined this term, Craig, college football risk, where it just, you're moving everything around the board. Well, I mean, let, let's, let's deal in reality and not speculation for, for, for a little while. I can get that part of it. I, I really can. Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand that. Um, and I think if you feel that way, imagine how those presidents feel. Mm-hmm. Imagine how the athletic directors feel. You think mm-hmm. they want that done? I think they do. So you're not alone in that. You are just somebody who's like not invested in it. But I would imagine, to be fair, you loved it when BYU was the subject of it. There you go. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, it was. It was. It, I think he probably loved all the speculation. But now that it's over, as for your personal interests, I understand it's not as as interesting as it was when it was Cincinnati and Houston all being courted and ripped away from the AAC. Um, but, no, I totally understand the fatigue, and I get tired of seeing some of it, too. But the Kirk Schultz stuff was uh, pertinent information because there's a president going on the record um, in the last week and at least addressing some of the same things that are talked about. So it's based on words and actual statements and not just throwing complete crap against the wall as some are want to do. But, no, I totally understand that um i just you know i myself would like some resolution to it i myself would like to kind of move on and just kind of know where everybody is but uh i also know that some of the things that are going on right now are not just like impactful this next year they're potentially impactful for many years to come and i think uh the pac-12 and its survival or whatever that looks like um moving forward is is important for the big 12 you know to to know what direction that's all going because it's going to have an effect probably one way or the other certainly one direction it could have a massive effect in the other direction then everybody just lets the chips fall where they were and and moves on about their own personal business but no I I totally get the fatigue however it is you know a big story in an off season and that's what you got to remember too I mean it's the off season and so there's stories that get probably way more mileage than they typically would however this has gotten like two years of mileage i mean two and a half three years we're going into ever since oklahoma and texas is big you know um i guess uh, the top was blown off of their big plans i mean this is just the remaining after effects of that and eventually the dominoes will stop falling but uh, especially as you see this increase in the gap i think that's why this is also of interest it's not just about the big 12 killing something or the pac-12 dying or whatever it's also about like, okay, what what money are they making? What does that do to Oregon and Washington? What does that, you know, and that, that turns into to further topics about the future. But I, I get wanting to focus on the present. Roger, I do. Roger Dodger on the chat. Prime and conference realignment is media gold for the offseason. Really, realignment was gold in the fall of 21. 
following the Texas and Oklahoma story and the SEC. And those who are the incoming, we welcome you. We are so th- uh, happy uh, the Big 12 was able to, to respond. And, and the Pac-12, maybe they can respond. Maybe they can uh, handle this. Maybe they can get this done. And if they do, does that mean they save everybody? Most likely, but that, that's not guaranteed uh, either. Vita Blue. Former American League MVP, won three World Series titles. I actually was in a uh, 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 media baseball game against former baseball stars, and Vita Blue was pitching. And I, I don't know how I did it. He wasn't throwing like he could. And, of course, that was like 20 years ago. Uh, threw me a fastball, hit a high chopper over the mound, threw into center field in an all-star game that included Brooks Robinson and many others. But Vita Blue was my favorite pitcher Growing up for the longest of times, had the big high. Of course, Oakland was the fancy team, uh, the glitz and glamour team. Vita Blue, a lefty, he was phenomenal. Won the MVP in Cy Young back in 1971. He has passed away. He was just 73 years old. Oakland was the glitz and glamour team, huh? They were, though. Wow, how times have changed. Well, they had Reggie Jackson. They had Catfish Hunter. They had Vita Blue. And, and they had others uh, on that team, too. But they were. You're ex- hey, before what? money became the haves and have-nots, Oakland was. They won three straight World Series titles. Yeah. It's hard to imagine. I mean, like, if you could go back and tell, like, those people are watching those three World Series teams, like, hey, one day the owner of this team will spend so little money on it, you can't fathom how he does it. Or recognize to, them. To the other teams in the league. And he'll move them to Las Vegas. It would just It'd be 50 years ago. And, yeah. and then remember now, Oakland had that great run at the end with the Bash Brothers, Conseco and McGuire, et cetera. And they won a World Series, also beaten by Kirk Gibson and the Dodgers. But they, they were good 18 or 20 years later. And now Moneyball just hasn't paid off, although well, it's gotten a lot of tension. Go to Vegas, yeah. so they'll be fine again. But uh, I mean, as far as the glory days in Oakland, yeah, those are dead and over and um, are on – you know, life support at this stage because uh, that that move to Vegas is pretty much from what I've seen, and I don't follow it super close because I don't care that much. But based on the last time I was reading an article about it, I mean, it seemed like it was all but a, a done deal. Like you just need to, you know, get the pens out and sign some papers, and I'm sure there's a little bit of tussling you still have to do with the city of Oakland. But I don't think there's really much they can do to stop the the end result here. So, um, yeah, they'll they'll surely return to some glitz and glamour, I would think, and, and be a team that we hardly recognize probably outside of their uniforms uh, here in the next few years. Uh, Billy Tuesday, was it Vita Blue who pitched a game when he was tripping on LSD? No, I don't think that was Vita Blue. I think that was Doc Ellis who pitched for the uh, Pirates <laughs> back in the days of that same time. That just sounds crazy. <laughs> it's just to pitch yeah, a Major so League Baseball game on LSD. It was, like, it was, it was Doc Ellis, yes. Then uh, uh, no hitter that he threw while high. While yeah, can I just imagine like catcher coming up and be like, "Hey, you really want to work the zone here?" But like, yes, can you get those frogs to stop? Yeah, yeah I don't even know what he was seeing. <laughs> James Napier on us discussing his question about kind of annoyed by it as one of the incoming schools. I appreciate this response. I guess I want the Big Twelve to give those guys the stiff arm for once. I guess it's pride. For instance. I would love to see Utah rejected if the Pac-12 blows up. We wouldn't, uh, we shouldn't want schools that don't want us. Oh no, there's that feeling. Oh yeah, there's absolutely that feeling. Uh, there are schools if the Big 12 adds anybody at all, but there are schools that even the Big 12 has been hurt 
you know, uh, one of the schools to talk about coming back is Colorado. Yeah, Colorado left, left them. them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you know, I mean, the BYU. I think definitely think there's that Utah element to this whole thing for BYU fans that just doesn't make them very comfortable in hearing it because there is that fear that they get their big break and then here comes their most hated enemy, mm-hmm. and they would hate that. And I totally understand that. And guess what? You're not alone in feeling that way because there's plenty of Big Twelve fans who over these last few months have grown to despise Utah based on realignment talk and that would love nothing more than for them to not get an invitation if it came to that so you're not alone there and I'll say this about the the stuff that we talk about I feel like for shows on the air three hours five days a week um you know I know there's I definitely see some there's there's some people that talk it that absolutely like do a good job they have their own sources there's some that I would love to just call bs on absolutely um but you know, for us, I think we're only going to talk about it unless, you know, if it's brought up uh, or if there's a reason to. And I think the Kirk Schultz interview, like I said a moment ago, I think that that was reason enough to, to kind of talk about it at length today because he said a lot of different things that maybe were similar to what he said before, but at least give you this updated kind of feel for people actually in the room. So, therefore, I think, you know, that part of it was relevant. But I totally get, like, I mean, when I get home, I'm not going to start. I, I totally get the, you know, the feelings, especially if you're a BYU fan. And, you know, you want to hey, – we're still new. We haven't played a game yet. Like, we still yep. haven't been introduced officially. Like, hey, pay attention. And, and I, I get that, no doubt. Wayne Gerbach, I, I love this comment. Sometimes the pettiness and tribalism gets old, but not the conversation on the topic itself. I couldn't agree with That's you more. That's a very good point, From too, yeah. AAR, and I hope I got that right. Uh, well, it just, it, it just flipped up. Pac-12 fans, stop complaining. Two or three years ago, all we heard was, will the Big 12 survive? Tables have now turned. That's a fair response by AAR. We appreciate you for that response, too. Well, that's where all of it, a lot of the steam comes from, was that, you know, if they uh, hadn't, you know, in so many ways rejected the Big 12 teams uh, to an extent or, you know, made this alliance at one point in time that fizzled out and made no difference other than for the brief moment it needed to whatsoever, um, there was this this feeling of superiority and looking down when the Big 12 was at its absolute lowest and on both of its knees just, like, begging for survival, and there was a feeling of, like, being pointed at and laughed at, and especially from that side of the country. And so, yeah, that's where a lot, I think, the, the Big 12, you know, fervor comes from towards towards those schools is like, oh, you looked at like the how the how the tables have turned, you know, one of those things, and so yeah, that's totally understandable. And, and and there's still those who could look down either direction. There's teams within conferences that look down at others in the conference. My Mr. Monkey says, to be fair, any incoming school to the Big Twelve cannot fully relate to how the legacy, the eight schools view realignment. The legacy eight have seen a lot of damage, and it feels great to be among any of those eight schools to be as healthy as the Big 12 is today. Well, I think they can rate a little bit right now, and they'll be able to rate a lot if they have to leave. But, yeah, I get your point in that the legacy eight schools, especially the ones, the, the, the few that are left over from the Southwest Conference that came, right? So Baylor and Texas Tech in particular have been through this fan bases several times and then there were some who are now a part of it houston and tcu who have been rejected for a long long time tcu finally had the door open and now uh for starting this year 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's the fact that they've all been through this so many different times yeah. that they're like on a different level of survivor mode now that you feel a sense of pride that you're still sitting there standing after all was said and done. After all of the, you know, Nebraska, Colorado, A&M, Missouri, Oklahoma, Tech, I mean... They've been dead like 17 times in the last two decades, and here they are, and there's, you know, not everybody's still around, but there's still a, a core group that is, and uh, I think there's a feeling of pride over that, absolutely, that you're still banding together and you're still making it, and and not just making it, but you survived what people absolutely thought was the death knell of all death knells with Oklahoma and Texas. Like, it's one thing losing Missouri or Colorado or A&M, respectfully, uh, Nebraska. They survived those, too, because they, oh, well, you've got Texas and Oklahoma. You be, well, now you don't, and, and how, how are you going to function? And they found a way to do it again, and not just find a way, but they actually are on the offensive for the first time ever. Um, and they actually have, like a clear direction and cohesiveness for the first time ever. And, and so I do think there's absolutely a pride that's, that's grown uh, in the last year over that for the schools that are, that are among the originals or, or West Virginia TCU who have been around now several years. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and you know what? It, there'll be something else as soon as whatever the Pac-12 decides they do or whatever they get done or whoever might leave or not or whatever. And the Pac-12, the Big 12. And then next thing you know, in another year or two, who knows what could happen with the other conferences that are just getting bigger, better, faster, and also stronger. Uh, I do like the fact that you mentioned the pettiness and tribalism. You're right. There is a lot of that from fan bases, and, and even we've even seen some in the media or those alleged to be a part of the media yeah. get into that a little bit too. If I don't know, like someone, people out there, like didn't throw out a bunch of name calling and, you know, try to like run this mental playbook on folks and, you know, say all these ugly things, then maybe they would be a little less vicious. But I don't know, something about, like, you know, poking the, the fire ant hill and then you're pissed, you're, you're surprised and all the ants come pouring out of it. You've been yep. agitating them and trolling them and calling them names and acting above them, and then you get surprised and act like a victim when they suddenly yell back at you. Like, I don't know, that's a little crazy to me, but what do I know? Big Jack 512, a couple more of these that we break for the 4 o'clock hour. No one in this conversation has been through the realignment ringer more than Houston over the last 30 years. Uh, from Anthony Strada. Everybody's Anthony, pulling out their battle scars right now. Uh, no, <laughs> this yeah, whole let's, league. Let's let, it, let, let us lay on the couch and let's talk about it. Now, I love it. Uh, Anthony Strada, Cincinnati got left out after the Big East was poached multiple times over. UCF has been playing realignment Frogger since we started playing football. If anything, the four incoming schools get it more than even those who were there. That's a great point. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's why they're all going to work really well together, hopefully, yeah. They're like, they're, you know, those schools, TCU and Houston to me, kind of do stick out of like being in the – like TCU in the big time, out of the big time, then going through – um, you know, they could like, they're like hobos, you know, like riding the rails in the thirties, <laughs> like just hopping off wherever they can. And I don't mean that negatively, but like, that's the kind that's of analogy. No, war he, story that they have. Listen, of all the power five, if that term is used of those schools, what are there? How many are there? 65 or what, including Notre Dame. There are only about 12 or 15 of them, if that many, that never have to worry. Maybe there's 20. They never have to worry. No matter what happens in the future, they never have to worry about being attached to a conference, being a part of a major big boy conference, uh, a national championship picture. The other ones, 
scratch and claw, and some have been able to do it for quite some time. Well, you know the big uh, conversation that that people who are, you know, realignment fans or just the ones that are always looking at the very next thing, like, you know, what, like I'm like, like, let's solve this thing and then let's move on to the next thing. But everybody's like, what's the thing after that and the thing after the thing after the thing and looking down the pipeline. But you mentioned, like, if there's perhaps 20 schools. I'd say there's probably more like 25 that are untouchable. But um, there is that thought of, like, okay, the SEC, the Big Ten, they break off, right, eventually. They, they, they're so powerful and they're so rich and they're just so much bigger that, like, you can't even compete in a realistic world. So they're, they're just on their own. Well, then what does the question become after that? Mm-hmm. What mm. happens to Purdue? Like, yeah. what happens to, uh, you know, Vanderbilt? What happens to, like, when are we going to throw them to the wayside and then have the super elite, you know, elite elite uh, SEC big – and, you know, that's that's another thing. So, yeah, I'd say there's probably 20 to 25 out of what the – 32 that yeah. will be in those two conferences. Roger Dodger, I never laughed about the Big 12 realignment issues with Texas and Oklahoma. Why would I care or have an opinion about things that are not my business? Larry Pilgrim – that's a very poisonous general generalization that you're making, incriminating people who said nothing isn't a good thing. Larry, we're talking about those who did. Not just saying we're not throwing a blanket over all Pac-12 fans. We're talking about those who did. Uh, but, yeah, you got to be careful about throwing a blank. But There's a lot of good Pac-12, Pac-12 fans out there. It's just that, you know, like with any group, the ones that are the loudest and most obnoxious usually get the attention. But, no, not, not generalizing and, you know, calling everybody in a conference or fans of a certain conference one thing. There's somebody on the Pac-12 side of things that's doing that on a daily basis, um, if not multiple. But, no, we're not doing that. You're, you're De- all good. Devil Frog, TCU in Houston. This is so true. The Southwest Conference is a power conference, but they were relegated and had to fight their way back for decades, speaking of TCU and Houston. I mean, they've been left at the doorstep multiple times. And Houston and TCU showed resiliency, just keep pounding wood, as they say, keep chopping the wood, and eventually they were fortunate because some realignment has led to Cincinnati, Houston, Brigham Young, and UCF now being a part of a Power 5 conference. All right, we got a break. It's a 4 o'clock hour. Uh, we, I, I think it was Paxton that asked earlier about the guest lineup. Had two guests that we had lined up for today, one that was going to discuss men's basketball and the transfer portal of how that's gone, backed out, and we also had somebody that was going to cover the Chris Kleiman story of Kansas State who didn't feel comfortable enough with the details, so he couldn't be a part of it. So we're going to go long, long time today. The 5 o'clock hour is packed with guests, and we still might add somebody of note between now and 5 o'clock. This is 365 Sports. Richard Carr, Buick GMC Cadillac, they are the people that you can count on for a great deal, uh, for great customer service, and for great repairs. I mean, it all depends on what you're looking for and what you need, but if you're looking to buy a new vehicle, if you're looking to buy a pre-owned vehicle, if you're looking to just get the vehicle that you're in fixed up, uh, they can handle that for you over at Richard Carr, and uh, they've handled that for me uh, previously. My car got dinged up a couple times. I had a road rage incident. A guy freaked out and dinged my car at a... Um, at a turn, uh, had another thing where debris flew up amidst all this construction on the roads out near Waxahachie, flew up, hit my side mirror, dinged that, had to get that fixed up, and both times I took it on over to Richard Carr, and uh, you wouldn't know that anything had ever happened to my vehicle. Uh, But right now their 24th anniversary sales event is going on, so you can experience 
what they offer as well. Uh, big savings on pre-owned cars and trucks, special savings on GMC Sierras, uh, special savings on Buick Envision SUVs. When it comes to the Sierras, there are dozens of those trucks on the lot right now. Qualified buyers can save thousands on the 2023 GMC Sierra SLT or SLE 1500 models. Qualified buyers can get 2.9% financing on the new 2023 Sierras, uh, but you can talk to the dealer and the good folks over at Richard Carr for more of those details. If you're looking for an SUV, how about some luxury without the luxury price? The smooth and quiet ride of the 2023 Buick Encore, Buick Envision, or Buick Enclave can be yours. You can save thousands right now and get low financing on Buick Enclave Premium or Buick Enclave Avenir. Again, Talk to the good folks over at Richard Carr for more of the details. And perhaps you just want to drive your car for a little while longer. You're not looking to buy anything new. Well, their award-winning customer service department can hook you up there as they are standing by to keep you on the road. Go to the website, Richard Carr. That's K-A-R-R.com. And you can see their service specials. You can also set an appointment for quick and reliable service. So check out the good people that have been in business for over 24 years in Central Texas. People you can count on for your automotive needs run by proud Central Texas. Log on to richardcar.com today. Call now or go see them now off Highway 6 at the Imperial Exit. The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late night pizza run and all nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. We Baylor, where lights shine bright. One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses, but when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one-size-fits-all strategy. Ben Erlinson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why he takes the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Ben Erlinson, 100 North 6th Street in Waco, 254-759-8533. Edward Jones, member SIPC. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive, North 19th Street, right behind the bank, is a hidden gem in Waco. If you're a fan of bourbon, especially local Texas bourbons, that's where you gotta go. Balcones, TX, Devil's River, whatever it is, they've got it. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, plus the best selection of craft beers in Waco, seasonally churned out throughout the year. Whether it's spring, summer, fall, or winter, Riverbend Liquor and Wine, best selection of craft beers, a speedy drive through window, an excellent customer service. Find out more on Instagram or just go by and see them. Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street behind the bank. You want to know why Stonewood Dental is so successful? Listen to what happy customers have to say. It's pleasant. It's different than any other dentist's office. I really feel like they care. 
And it's not that you're here for two hours waiting on someone to take care of you. It's quick and easy and you know, I bring my kids and my kids love being here too. They really love the treasure box. <laughs> Staff is really nice and accommodating, real friendly. You feel more like home. It's not sterile looking. Everybody has their own personalized rooms with decorations and decor, and they'll even have a blanket for you when it's cold. <laughs> I've recommended people to actually come here, and they are patients now. I really love it here. It feels like family. Learn more, stonewood-dental.com. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Nitchie Group Insurance Agency. With the Nitchie Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Nitchie Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Nitchie Group at 1-800-258-8302. This is 365 Sports. Text us at 254-339-1122. The text line is sponsored by Riverbend Liquor and Wine with the most extensive variety of craft beer in Waco. A hidden gem on Lakeshore Drive and 19th Street. Earlier today, we mentioned the XFL, the all-XFL team with Abram Smith, the running back, playing in a championship game this weekend from D.C. And Jordan Williams, former Paris High and Baylor linebacker of San Antonio, also a first-team selection. And he joins Paul Craig, and I'm David Smoke on 365 Sports. Jordan, it just seems like maybe things have opened up for you. And, and why and how did you have the kind of success you had this year? Oh, man, um... Once, uh, what, uh, awesome, man. Thank y'all for having me on, man. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Miss you guys. <laughs> yeah, too. Uh, hey, uh, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's kind of just, it's been a full circle moment, you know, uh, you know, coming out there in 2020 with COVID hitting, uh, no pro day, not a lot of opportunities. Um, things kind of just, you know, hit the fan the last few years, man. And I was up in Canada playing, didn't work out. And, uh, man, this opportunity came around, bro. And, I just tried to take full advantage of it, man. I wasn't done yet. I wasn't ready to hang it up yet. So. Have, you, have you gotten looks from NFL teams or as people called you after seeing you, what you put on film for San Antonio this year? I mean, you led the, the entire league in tackles for loss uh, and I believe total tackles. Yes, sir. Total tackles by at least 20. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, I have some guys reaching out right now. Um, I know a lot of our, uh, they said that a lot of, a lot of transactions will be happening more around, uh, you know, once after this, uh, these OTAs happen and stuff like that. So uh, I'm getting calls and get some looks right now. Uh, nothing set in stone. So um, just, just still, you know, out on the market, man, trying to get there. Good deal, Jordan. Uh, great to see you have uh, some success, man. But just, you know, when you hear the name XFL up until here recently, it's kind of like, a, like oh, man, people had this memory of what it was the first time around or even the second time around a couple years ago when it didn't last very long. And here it is. It's back. The Rocks, you know, the, the guy in charge now. Just what's the experience been like from the player's perspective? Just going through this season, uh, the kind of coaching you've had, the venues, all that kind of stuff. What's that XFL experience been? like from a player's point of view oh man it's been it's been honestly 
I mean, you know, um, just seeing it happen over the years, you know, uh, we really didn't get to experience a lot because COVID happened too. Um, honestly, this year, man, just being one, just being around like the coaches that Hines has put together or Coach Ward, um, like we got guys like Joey Porter, Paul Spicer, Jim Herman, you know, these guys are reputable names that have been in the NFL doing coaching, playing. <laughs> Shoot, Coach Ward has did everything, you know, as a young kid to play football, wants to do in life. So, being around these type of guys and just being able to pick up on everything that they give us. Uh, I mean, just little game, man, just talking to us. It, it, it's hard. It's one, it's easier to play for a guy, you know, that, that has done everything, but then it's also harder because they know all the BS. They know, you know what I mean? They, they've done it all. They done said it all, all the excuses. So, uh, man, and just the environment playing, uh, we've had, we had a lot of fans, uh, most of our games, man. And, Shooting, just going out being playing against some talent, you know. <laughs> Shooting, I got to play against Don Lovett and Abram. Oh, mm. that was so fun, man. <laughs> I, I bet it was. Uh, you you mentioned those who were on staff. Joey Porter, the former great for the Steelers. His son was just drafted a couple of weeks ago. What advice, yes, what knowledge and insight did he give you? Oh, man. Um, it, it, it's a long talk, to be honest. But I will say that I went to him at the very beginning of this whole thing in January. Um, I, I really sat down with him, man, and expressed, like, my my concerns about, like, not concerns, but just more of, like, um, the PTSDs I've had, like, you know, not just thinking it's not going to work out, being negative, and just not having the confidence in myself. And, man, I sat down and talked to him, and, shoot, <laughs> the rest is history now, man. Uh, that guy right there just really just pushes you to be better in yourself and really stand on who you are and you, the, the things you're good at. So all the other stuff doesn't matter as long as you're good at what you're good at. And, man, and you you see it in his son, man. His son is a dog, bro. So that guy right there, that's my dog. I love J.P. to death. What did he say to you about money? Did he, he? I saw a quote in a paper, an article about you, about what kind of money did you want to earn. Oh, absolutely. Yes, sir. Oh, no, that and that wasn't that wasn't Coach Ford. That was uh, Coach Chamberlain, our DB okay. coach. Uh, yeah, he sat me down one day, man, and looked me in my eyes. He was like, you know, this is like third, fourth week into the season. And he's just like, man, you remember when you guys were first getting here trying to make a team, trying to feel your way out? He's like, you know how got, how hard you guys were playing? He's like, now, now, did you lose focus? Or he's like, are you here to make your 50000 Are you here to make 750000 And that really just sparked something in my mind. Like, he said, you're not playing bad, but you could be playing a whole lot better if you remember what your goal was. And that right there shocked it all into, into play, you know. And I, I tried to just go out there and put everything on the line. Like, this is my last opportunity to ever put these cleats on. While he was still uh, a player, uh, Heinz Ward one time in Sports Illustrated was voted one of the dirtiest players in the league. Well, I think that's <laughs> a bit of a compliment because John, they used to say that about John Stockton in the NBA. Yep. And basically it was, he's really good at irritating you. How Absolutely. does that translate to his attitude and maybe a feistiness as a head coach? Oh, man, so... He he brought it up, man. He, you know what I'm saying. He 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 fell in love with cracking back on people, man. We talked about it. Dirty player against the defense, man. Uh, so yeah, he's a uh, he uh man. It just the intensity, man. Just like it's just details. Everything he's just about winning, you know. I mean, he wants to care for us as players, but he's all about getting us to where we want to go. You know, he's like, man, you guys want to be in the league, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get you there. I'm gonna try to get you there. He took care of us at practice, and he just really just pushed us to be. A, a better collective team and just really just focus on all the details. Now, the aggressiveness, yeah, he'll come in, man, you know, and, like, the thing is, like, when you play with players or you when you play for a coach that plays, um, they talk to you like they're still players, you know? So, 
you're not getting like the runarounds. You're getting the exact truth up front in your face. Uh, we have a we had a thing uh, tell the truth Monday. We sit down and we watch the film together and we calling out everything, you know. And that type of intensity is what you know. I, I shoot made him Hall of Famer. <laughs> so I just I've been into everything. Did he ever brag about being the only player to survive Bane's attack on the stadium in the Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> hey, we put, we put it up in a meeting one time. <laughs> Honestly, that was that was probably I would say that was his best play right there. <laughs> Jordan, uh, what's it like to see the, you know some of your buddies around the league, whether it's Baylor guys or, or others that you just grew up playing with, but you know in particular Abram Smith having a pretty big year. Bro, what Abram did his thing this year, man. Uh, John Lovett did his thing, mm-hmm. and so did Jalen McClendon. These guys, like, I love it because we're all out here on the same mission. You know, even the guys that I've known met at the NFL Alumni Academy, um, guys that I met in Canada, we, we're all on the same hunt. We all have that same hunger. And it's good to be around those type of guys because you, you feel like you're, only, you're the only one sometimes. And actually seeing that happen in front of your face and, like, other guys telling their testimonies and their stories about where they've been and how, how things have went for them. You know, it makes you feel a little bit better. And it also makes you feel like, man, I got to go harder because this guy's still going hard too, you know. And uh, it just gives you a sense of belonging. But it was really fun to see uh, John, Abram, and Jalen, man. Uh, we talked throughout the whole entire game. It was just, it was like we practiced against each other. But shoot, playing them is a whole different thing. <laughs> Those guys are dogs. Yeah, they, they both had uh, – Abram, of course, led the league easily like you did. He re- led in rushing yards like you did in tackles. So you yes, told sir. me you told me when you texted me back about a segment that you were getting a break from painting. So yes, what are you doing? Uh, is this oh, – are you painting your uh, house or what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so uh, right next to our hotel in San Antonio, uh, there's a sports bar next door, um, and they're, uh, they're having a thing in San Antonio where they're pushing a lot more art downtown mm-hmm. um so they saw that well actually a lot of games they have they asked me about my uh my art and my page and stuff so they posted a lot of my a lot of my paintings and stuff like that so uh one of our media guys reached out and shoot now they was like man so it's a Brahma and he can paint so it's like might as well leave a mark on san antonio and let him paint the sports bar next door so i'm doing a, a mural on maddie mcmurphy wow. or moody mcmurphy right next door can you send me at least portion of what you've done so far where I could put it up on the show uh, TV screen that we're on? Absolutely. We'll do. Just text it to me, and I'll, I'll put it up and let everyone see what you're doing and, and how you're doing it. How much have you been able to keep up with Baylor? Obviously, they had the tremendous team two years ago. Last year, they took a step back, which has kind of been the roller coaster. Your thoughts about mm-hmm. Dave Arand and what you've seen? Oh, man. So me, me and Coach Aranda were able to have a conversation. Uh, right before COVID hit, uh, still at Baylor training and stuff like that. Oh, man, I, I just love the what he stands for, man. The, the guy is just a good-hearted dude that cares about his players. And at the same time, um, you know, he, he's implementing, like, good football, man. So he's bringing in the right guys to fit his mold. And, shoot, hopefully, you know, it goes exactly the way it needs to. They have the great coaches still there. They still got Coach Bell. They still got Coach Wessel. So I know those guys are, you know, they're, they're excited for the season. They're going to – they're probably going to put out a, 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 a great product this year. And, too, with a random man, he's just going to keep leading them to the promised land. So I hope I – hope, I, man, not hope. I know they're going to do good. But, you know, I hope everything just kind of goes the way that they wanted to for the season. Jordan, thank you for your time. Congratulations on the year you had. Good luck with what's on the horizon. And also send me those pictures or a picture 
of the artwork. We'll put that up for our audience to be able to see, which is coast to coast. We appreciate you. Continued luck with what you're doing. Hey, man, thank you all. I miss you guys. Yeah. Hey, best of luck to you and everything, man. I appreciate it. You have always been among the absolute best when it comes to a segment with a player when you were at Baylor, even when you came out and committed it from Paris to Baylor and also where you are now. Thank you, Jordan Williams of the uh, San Antonio uh, Brahmas uh, for being on with the show today. Great personality. Yeah, and that's uh, one of those moments where, you know, you see the occasional comment or whatever, like, oh, I don't need, you know, I don't need the extra leagues or whatever. Like, what? that's a prime example of how the XFL has made, you know, his his life uh, a little bit better, the opportunities, and, and who knows what those other opportunities look like down the line, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the great benefits of that league is to let guys, you know, have another chance uh, and to have, a, you know, a little chance of a further success and, you know, further playing. And um, seems like he's loving every minute of it, and it's been a great thing for him. So that's awesome. You know what he proved this year is he can get around the ball, and he can bring guys down. And if you can do that and you can play special teams, there's probably a spot, at least a spot for you to to, to make your way on the NFL roster. I mean, it's hard. It's competitive. But and he was, he, he said by at least 20, it was 26. He had 89 total tackles. The next guy he led had, the league by 26. 63. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know about the USFL guys because we haven't really focused in or talked about them much. Um, but it does seem like there's a, you know, like we talked to guys, like I've I've interviewed guys from the spring league when that was uh you know a first starting yep. out and you know the AAF and some of these other even the leagues that are existing right now that have existed multiple times or whatever and you could tell that guys love the opportunity but it didn't always sound like the greatest most fun thing if that makes sense like it didn't sound like they were like necessarily really enjoying it. Like, the XFL guys seem like they're having a ball. Am yeah. I wrong in no, thinking this no, way? I no. mean, it sounds like every time I hear one of them, it sounds like they're having the best time. It sounds like it's super professional. It's well run. They're taken care of. You know, and I don't know that that's always the case with these types of things or if that was even the case with, you know, the last version of the XFL. So uh, I think it's great that all these guys seem to really be enjoying themselves. Abram Smith said it. Jordan Williams said it. Now, both of them had tremendous years, but uh, – it does seem like, and, and I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to like set my clock for seven o'clock on Saturday, but I'll keep up with it. And I, I've seen some on my, when I'm going through the programming list with my cable on Spectrum, and I'll see a USFL game that has not stopped. It has not like, okay, I'm going to stop and watch this. And there wasn't really a, a busy day yesterday with many things. There were NBA playoff games. The Rangers were playing, and, and there was the PGA Tour, but it didn't make me stop. And, and it might at, at some point here very, very soon. Okay, uh, we will come back 365 Sports with many things. We'll get to the, uh, the chat room. Uh, and we spent an hour or so discussing a lot of college sports, athletics, and realignment. And, and we'll, if we have anything else to add to that, we, we sure will. You wanted to bring something up on that? Yeah, I wanted to just touch on the Bronny James thing. I think that decision's Let's interesting. And that. then um, there's a lot of – I don't know if you guys are noticing this, but a lot of talk right now about, well, Bob Huggins and his uh, radio appearance today. Well, and I don't know how to even start talking about it because I don't want to venture anywhere near. Well, let's, let's, but, let's yeah, tease we that. Can come back with we'll that. come back with that. Paul brought that up. Craig had seen it too. I had not until they mentioned it. And this is 365 Sports. IdealMRI.com in the Central Texas Marketplace with a state-of-the-art MRI machine. 
If you need something, if you need evidence, if you need images of a muscle or perhaps a ligament that is badly damaged, or it may be you're fortunate the MRI says, no, you're okay. And then you could go about your treatment and rehab in a different way. If your doctor, orthopedic surgeon said, hey, we need an MRI, then you suggest ideal MRI. They know all about what they do. One, state-of-the-art technology. I've been in the MRI machine four separate times, and every single time by the end of the evening, I have a text that gives me, in fact, a couple of different times, shows me the images. And also, by the way, your images are in the portal for you or your doctor, whoever, for them to see it. Also, the, uh, the cost, $497 or less every single time. 497 not 497 then more and the average mri is 1100 so you do the math it's an amazing steal uh, and they will take care of what you need of what hurts so much idealmri.com in the central texas marketplace in waco cars price right Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby is a homegrown, locally owned pizza place that's out of this world. Everything from the dough, the sauce, the sausage topping is made fresh in-house. Not to mention the amazing pizza pillows, the chicken wings are to die for. Try the Sikkim sauce, chili cheese fries or tots, plus great specials on food and drink every single day. Shorty's is also the perfect spot to watch the game with your friends. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby. Tell them Paul sent you by. Petty Clinic Men's Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men an exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovi. Semaglutide is an FDA-approved weight management medication. Once-a-week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise, then help us finally here. Semaglutide, affordable, highly effective. Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com. Let Camille Johnson Realtors guide you seamlessly through the process of buying your dream home or selling your current one. Commercial, farm and ranch, or residential, Camille Johnson Realtors can smoothly and successfully lead you through any transaction. With a team of 28 experienced agents who are excited about serving you, Camille Johnson Realtors services the entire greater Waco area. If you're in the market to buy or sell, contact Camille Johnson Realtors, 104 Midway Center in Woodway, or find them online at www.camillejohnson.com. Camille Johnson Realtors, elegant, charming. Army, warm, welcome home. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge Checking and Savings accounts to earn interest or cash back with five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app. Banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. 
Stepping into a new pair of boots is great, but stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can also add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. There are more than 150 occupational specialties to help them find the best fit for their future. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 4 o'clock hour is sponsored by Boozer's Jewelers, the wedding ring store, specializing in custom jewelry and repair, all in-house. Now, here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. So there's a couple of stories that are, like, right now, one of them involving Iowa State. We'll get to that in a second. Also with West Virginia head coach and Hall of Famer Bob Huggins. Let's start with Scott Docterman, uh, who is a, a college football writer. Iowa State University is Department of Intercollegiate Athletics aware of online sports wagering allegations involving approximately 15 of our active student-athletes from football, wrestling, and track and field in violation of NCAA's the university rules. The university has notified the NCAA and will take appropriate actions to resolve these issues. It's going to keep happening uh, a lot of places because... Here's the thing about gambling now. I said it the other day with the Alabama thing. It's so easy to do. There was a time in America where, I mean, I guess you relatively easy if you knew the right people, but you still had to call a guy who would make a call to another guy at a phone booth. Like, those are the things that happened. Now, because of the legality of it, and even though they all these kids might be of age, you do sign an agreement that you're not going to gamble while you are a student athlete, just like you sign an agreement that you're not going to do it when you're a professional athlete because of integrity concerns. So you get one or the other. Sometimes you have to sacrifice things in life, and it is very easy to do, and kids are going to think they're going to get away with it. But the problem with that is that you're doing it None of them did this by the mail, right? They didn't drop it in with an alias. They did it from this thing right here, right? Yeah. From an account that's probably really, really traceable. And there are all, like we found out about Alabama, there are all these watchdog groups that are sweeping and looking for irregular activity. So there are ways. You're not going to get away with it. You're not some mastermind. So it's going to happen a lot. This is probably the new, uh, this kid got a plane ticket you know, mm. kind of a, a thing that pops up because it's going to happen a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, yeah, just reading the comments makes me have so many different thoughts from, like, somebody saying, um, now let's expand into high school sports and sports betting because that's what we did with NIL, right? It was like, yeah, let's do it here and worry about the problems later. But um, that was funny. There's a few funny comments here. Iowa apparently involved as well, so it's both of the schools. Iowa, there was a story out a couple hours prior um about their baseball team and a couple of players being withheld this weekend because of thoughts that they were involved in this so both iowa schools are apparently dealing with uh some sports gambling issues at the moment but yeah um obviously that's huge 15 athletes that's a lot that's a good chunk of people and i don't know how you stop it either like i um you know clearly it's it's i don't know how it's not well known that like you're risking 
your eligibility and your your NCAA livelihood by doing that. I would have thought that that's hammered home into the heads of every single one of these athletes by now. Um, clearly, schools need to do more, um, however much more they can do to, to drill that in further. Uh, but I guess it's going to take multiple stories like this, of which we've had multiple in the last week. I mean, Alabama just fired their baseball coach for something yep. like this. And, so, we, and when that happened, what did my question, every AD around the country was like, oh, my God. So, yeah, it's like the dams are starting to, you know um, – have a little trouble holding the water back and it does feel like there's a flood coming or something because it's starting to pile up these stories in in pretty quick fashion and yeah you wonder especially if these investigate i mean this isn't like just this happened friday and boom here we go like you know if there's some investigations going on how many are going on right now that we don't know about potentially right Uh, how many more might pop up in the future that we don't know about so yeah um this is part of uh you know allowing sports betting to be such a huge part of of sports in general is you, is you run these risks and like you know I was pointing out the comments it's like somebody mentioned you know you watch anything and you're hit with a DraftKings ad like every thirty seconds I mean it's an, it's unavoidable if you watch sports especially like you can't watch sports now without some sort of sports gambling advertisement five hundred times or some bonus co- dude I was watching you know we talked WWE like a few weeks back and how they were introducing it. They had a pay per view this past weekend in Puerto Rico. It was, it was actually really awesome. Bad Bunny was incredible. His entrance was awesome. Do you know who Bad Bunny is? No, is that a rapper? He's the biggest music artist in the world. Yeah, right. in right. the world. Um, okay. He's Latin uh, trap is really kind of his genre. But um, he came out. It was an incredible entrance. Like if you just get chills over things like that, watch the when, Bad Bunny entrance. When, when you finally do watch Bullet Train, like I told you to, yeah. he's actually in that movie for a few minutes. Yeah, I, yeah. A, I, I got this video. Yeah, he's super it. talented dude. Yeah. Like he's an incredibly talented, and biggest music artist in the world right now, uh, bar none. But um, you know, so I was watching this pay per view, and all of a sudden, like this this backstage segment pops up, and I think it was like Bobby Lashley and some other guy, and they're like promoting or Big E, they're promoting the DraftKings WWE odds, and like, do you think? And I was wondering how they were going to do this, right? Because the the outcome's predetermined. Mm-hmm. So like, if you could be an employee and just bet because you know who's going to win, even though it gets changed, you know, whatever, but. They were actually doing like, do you think a steel chair will be involved in this match? Bet on that, or will this be a DQ or a countout? It or would have you know, to be all props that are it's things like, that, yeah, in the improvisational nature of what's going on in the ring, happen, yeah. Right? yeah. Even though some of that's still planned too, yeah. a lot of that. So you know, that's how you know that's how they're doing it. But yeah, I'm watching WWE. They're talking about betting on WWE. I'm like, it's scripted, so it's just everywhere you look. I don't know how you hold it back at this point. Um, and this is just another issue for college football, college basketball, college athletics as a whole. Clearly, baseball's heavily involved already. Uh, it's another thing for them to have to uh, struggle with right now. I'm seeing the entrance. It's oh, crazy. you can't watch it without the volume. No, I know, we gotta, I know, no I know. That, the I'm volume's just, what makes the entire thing. All but, right, well, we have yeah. that story. Number two, this one here, Bob Huggins, the Hall of Fame coach. Paul, what happened? He was on a Cincinnati uh, radio station today, and he uh, uttered a homophobic slur uh, twice, uh, actually. Uh, And here is his uh, apology apology for that. 
Earlier today on a Cincinnati radio program, I was asked about the rivalry between my former employer, the University of Cincinnati, and its crosstown rival, Xavier University. During the conversation, I used a completely insensitive and abhorrent phrase that there is simply no excuse for, and I won't try to make one here. I deeply apologize to the individuals I have offended, as well as to the Xavier University community, the University of Cincinnati, and West Virginia University, as I have shared with my players over my 48 years or 40 years of coaching. There are consequences for our words and actions, and I will fully accept any coming my way. I'm ashamed and embarrassed and heartbroken for those I have hurt. I must do better, and I will do better. Uh, and, yeah, he and though the, the host is not going to be uh, in any less hot water either. Bill Cunningham is his name. Bill Cunningham. Who's uh, a, who I... That sounds familiar, and apparently he's a big deal out in that area. I don't know. He's I just don't personally know. Like John Cunningham years. is the AD, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not saying the relation. That's where I heard the Cunningham. So Judson, uh, well, there's some comments on the chat room about the being overly offended, and you, you just can't say certain things. Now, yeah, and Huggins so- is a rock star. He's a Hall of Famer, but we've seen this before where no matter who you are, and especially – Man, it just all depends on the wave of how social media reacts. Not that it's the judge and jury. I, I, I love Bob Huggins, but he, what he did was stupid. What he said was yeah, stupid. Yeah, like, I mean, you can argue semantics over, like, the level you should be offended or something, although that's to each their own. I'm not going to tell anybody how offended they should or shouldn't be over something. But, I mean, if you just read what he said, <clears throat> the one takeaway that I have more than anything is how incredibly bleeping stupid was that? Yeah, I mean, what did he think he was doing? Uh, a non-public interview or just having a regular conversation with his buddy and thought he could just say whatever? And there were, I you know, just an incredibly dumb thing to say and really reinforce. I mean, he had a, he like back, you know, doubled doubled it up. Um, so yeah, he was talking about, um, I guess uh, he's talking about Xavier fans and said a word that's a homophobic slur and brought up Catholics as well. And just, yeah, he, um, he just said some stupid stuff and I don't know what he was possibly thinking. And, um, obviously the schools felt like they needed to issue a statement. And I've seen when we were talking earlier, like all of the, you know, the usual, um, you know, grouping of, of national reporters that caught on and we're all discussing. And that's when I first kind of caught wind of it, but yeah, not a good look. Um, the audio is all over the place now, so you can go and, and listen for yourself. But just incredibly stupid thing to say for Bob Huggins, and I don't know what this means for him moving forward, but just a terrible decision. Yeah, we've seen how these end. Usually, the only thing I have about uh, apologies is that you, you know, we have, well, hold on, is that it seems like we pick and choose which apologies we accept. You, you know, like we crit- we critique apologies. Some can. There are people who have been able to have said things that are stupid and racially insensitive, and yet they survive, and then there's some that say it, and they're gone. They're done. And so I wish we could kind of come to a consensus here on what and how you handle this, but I got a feeling that Bob Huggins' days, I hope, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but if you kind of go through the, the, the ups and downs of the most people think he's gone. Well, it's, it's not really what he says. It's what he does. And after it, that makes the apology sincere. Anybody can say they're sorry. It's what do you, how do you approach that later on? That I don't know how Bob Huggins does that, and that's only for Bob Huggins to do. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, yeah, he is, he was very, very 
much too comfortable. I've seen that phrase used on the chat yeah, room. Way like that's way yeah. too comfortable. He's talking with his buddy and didn't think yeah. they were on the radio. Yeah, yep. that was that was how that that all went down, and and that's just not something you can you can do. And it's and you have to you know you can uh, you know each person is going to be offended to their level, but the dude thing you have to think about when you're going on the air in a public forum is you know what you say is taken different by everybody. So the goal should always be just to make sure that you're not going to hurt somebody. I mean, things happen on accident. Things happen for different reasons. But, yeah, he was way too comfortable. Gregory Krug, I think it's horrible look, but I do not know if he should be fired over this. If someone working retail said that, they would be fired if a multimillion-dollar coach says it, oh, well. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know how this works out. It, golly, here we are rolling along, and then all of a sudden the Iowa State gambling, which is – I would think going to be and Iowa uh, and Iowa and then the Alabama story. I don't want to use the word epidemic, but I got a feeling we're going to hear a lot more stories about gambling and college programs that are being involved. And you wonder, as we're closing out a semester for most schools, if there was a come to Jesus with, hey, if you've done something, you need to come clean with it. And then again, it's hard to admit that knowing most likely you're going to lose your job, scholarship and also face whatever possible legal issues you might. So Yeah, I don't know how you put the, the cap on the bottle with that because I think, you know, people are still going to find a way to do what they want to do. Um, yeah, I just saw, I don't know if it was Matt Brown or somebody like that that had a stat about prior to legalization or something. There's the, you know, the poll that had 24% of college athletes already said that they were <laughs> betting on sports gambling, even when it wasn't legal or something like that. So you can imagine now that they're, you know, able to just pop on the phone like it's Twitter and place a bet, how easy that is. And the, the returns, if you win and the jolt you get there and, and all of that. But yeah, I, it's, it can be police somewhat as we saw with the Alabama story, but you know, can they do that all across the board at every university and will it always be caught and all the athletic program and just everything that goes with that. It's, you know, we, we've been saying you had a lot on your plate already, but my gosh, this seems like the gambling thing has now become the big, big new topic that, uh, you know, we've known has been there, but now it's really starting to kind of catch fire with these issues piling up, and it's just another huge thing for them to have to contend with. Legal and illegal gambling is something that's always – it's a it's a very consequential decision you're making. Um, you know, back in the days when it was illegal, I mean, there are a lot more consequences. You could You could, you know – get get roughed up uh if you didn't pay your debts there were all these different things that that went into it i'm sure there's um, that still probably goes on illegally but um now it's just so easy to do like to go on on DraftKings or FanDuel or anywhere like that and depending on what state you're in you know louisiana as the you know when we were there they were trying to launch the for the sugar bowl a couple years ago they were trying to get the caesar sportsbook app working and launched by the beginning of the new year so that people in louisiana a state where there is uh harrah's caesar's company uh, can could bet on college football games so, travis roder I, I love this quote today the message and travis great to have you on the chat gambling is great and if you're bad uh and you're bad if you do it Sure, you can articulate how a league will promote large-scale betting while almost emphasizing how employees within teams shouldn't make such bets. You can, but good luck. Yeah, I mean, it's everywhere. It, it, is, it's, it, it is everywhere. It used to be like a, a quiet thing, you know. But, uh, I, oh, well, good luck to Iowa and Iowa State, and everybody else is probably going to have to deal with this. I said maybe an epidemic, and Paxton said the floodgates have opened 
on this. And then on, on Huggins, everyone's got their own take on that. Some say he's done. Some say give him an opportunity. What is his history? He's always been very free about his opinions, but I don't think he's ever, never has he gotten to this point uh, with what he said during the radio show in Cincinnati. Well, look, I, I, I can speak to this as a, as a lifelong Catholic. Um, I'm, um, it's upsetting to hear that thing, but I also was taught to forgive, and it's a lot easier to go ahead and forgive him and hope that he does better and then not worry about it and let Bob Huggins deal with the consequences on his own and not um, – I'm not. I'm not going to fight some kind of battle against him ever coaching in or anything like that. So, um, best of, of luck to everybody out there uh, on this deal. But uh, it's it's pretty, um, you know. Once we're done talking about it here, it's kind of over to me, um, and I, I don't support anything about what he said. But you know, uh, it's it's over now. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out who's going to be more offended is is it the Catholics or you know homosexuals because of what he said. And so there's a double whammy there of. Uh, inflammatory comments that he made and it's probably going to you know rile up a good number of people but as far as you know what um like there's there's no question what he said was absolutely stupid and I still can't believe a guy uh in his position was just so thoughtless with uh with letting that go uh but to the question of what does West Virginia do yeah I have no idea I have no idea how they begin to uh to try and work their way through this outside of the statement that they already released. And uh, we'll see what happens after that. From Spencer Goff, it, it, a lot of it depends on whether you like someone or not when they make a mistake, whether it's uh, your coach, your politician, except, et cetera. Uh, if you don't like him, we excoriate. Oh, uh, yeah. If, they, if he, he was losing a bunch and they don't like him, it's like, all right, thank you for the free ticket to get out of this contract. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But if he's a good winning coach or is a well-liked guy, yeah, there's a little bit more of probably a fight put up. But, yeah, I don't know what they do in this situation. All right. Uh, uh, let, many of you on the chat room are giving your opinion on what's happening or what might happen with what Bob Huggins said. By the way, uh, we you mentioned uh, we have uh, – who's a guest at 5 Matt o'clock? Brown. Matt Brown will be at 5.30 today. David Hellman on the NFL and the Cowboys, normally 5.30, will join us today a little bit earlier at 5.10. Uh, yeah, the only other thing uh we'll bring up from the last thing was just Bronny James committing to USC, um, which I'm not a, a big LeBron guy, but it is interesting. They're about the same age as him, and now I'm seeing his son come up to the, the college ranks, which just really – Makes me feel ancient. Um, but come into USC, and I, I saw that it's been a long process. I don't know how good of a player he really is, honestly. I'm not a talent evaluator, and I just, you know, I, I follow along. Uh, but it did cross my mind, like, oh, wow, he's he's a Big Ten guy by committing to USC. He's not going to play in the yeah, pack. Yeah, I thought about West he's Coast. A, and he's, not, a, yeah. but he's a Big Ten guy, and it just made me think of, like, wow, that's that's some of the impact already of, of getting that brand, getting Los Angeles is – now you've got that hot spot right there, and Bronny James is going to be a Big Ten player for better or worse, you know, however his career plays out. But uh, that, that registered with me a little bit after the fact, and I was like, wow, that's, that's some of the difference right there in action is, is getting a player of that caliber and now having him under the uh, Big Ten banner, and, and there will be many more that go to USC and UCLA well, that they're able to attract. But uh, He will play one year in the Pac-12, right? Is he a, a this coming season? Yeah, oh, so he'll play yeah. one year. Okay. Yeah, he'll be in the big well, Pac-12 at least, I mean, year. he'll at least play this year. We'll see how good he is. I'm ahead of time. Yeah, I'm ahead. I think I've skipped ahead and, a year already. And then LeBron says he's going to play a year with Bronny in the NBA. So I can't wait to see LeBron James with the Washington Wizards. Let me tell you something yeah, about LeBron. Good. I have not always I, – I, I, I just absolutely could not wait for him to try to win a title. The Miami stuff was kind of shady. 
Uh, but when he won it in Cleveland, that was a really, really good story. I'm not a big fan of some things that he says or does or doesn't say, but he is, I mean, the Lakers are what, up two games to one? They just mauled Golden State. He's playing at an incredible level. And if he's going to wait for Bronny to get in, so it means he's going to play the rest of this year, that means he has to play again next year and then has to play again a third year from now, a second, two more years from now for him to play at least one year with Bronny James. What if some team in the NBA drafts him? And it's not the Lakers. Well, I mean, there's a they can do that. A way More better a shot that than, 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 than getting to the yeah. Lakers. Yeah, I mean, LeBron's, um, you know, uh, can't just tell the Lakers like you got to get up to number one to make sure you get Bronny. Or they can't tell the Pistons you can't draft him. Yeah, I mean, they can't can't do it. So Although Eli did that with the Chargers. And, and here's the thing: Bronny is a really good high school basketball player, great high school basketball player. We think people think he's going to be a re- really good college player, and they think he's got a pro track. But and even if that's the case, the only way that LeBron can guarantee he plays with them on the Lakers is if the Lakers are bad enough to have the number one pick or trade for it. Which the those two scenarios don't appear to be all that likely as long as LeBron is there. So man, two years is a long time. We but, got a long way to go till he gets to that point. He's the, yeah. I, I do think the Lakers, though, as long as LeBron and AD are there, will at least be like the Cowboys are, where they can be bad, but they won't suck that bad to where they'll have the number one pick. Like they I could mean, be bad, given that but, they could win the title this year, yeah, yeah. probably not. I yeah. mean, considering that they're leading their series and they're two steps away from it, yeah, they they could very well be good. But again, that's that's two years down the road, yeah. and and who knows what anybody's doing at that point. But yeah, I, I was a year ahead of time. That's what's wild about the SEC stuff and the Big Ten stuff is that there's still a whole another year of this. Like that's you think it's like oh it's it's salt. No, there's a whole another year yep. of football. And basketball and baseball well, the and Big every sport going through it right now, you know. Right, so and, and yeah. have another year after that. At least they know the ending. Yeah. So it's uh, it's around the corner, but it's not quite within reach just yet. But yeah, he's he'll play one year uh, in the uh, pack, and then we'll see what he does there, and and then off to the Big Ten he'll go. So yeah, I just thought that that was interesting as a guy about LeBron's age to see his his son now making his way to the college ranks and, and giving a big commitment. So It's uh, Emery Winter, Jack McKenzie, and also Garrett Ross running the mothership from behind the scenes in various ways. We have the 5 o'clock hour around the corner. We'll get to that, but another segment. Then David Hellman uh, will also talk college football and get feedback on Iowa State story and, and even anything with uh, uh, conference realignment at 530. This is 365 Sports. I uh, sent a text to Brian Bauer, the owner of Waco Custom Marketplace on Lake Air Drive in Waco. I said, okay, how how much now are the 30-pound sacks of live crawfish? If you order by Wednesday, you can pick up how many crawfish you want, how many pounds of crawfish you want on Friday after 4 o'clock or on Saturday when their doors are open. It's down to like almost $3 a pound. Remember when I first started when they got kind of back for the year like 450 a pound now i think he said three dollars and five cents a pound give or take whatever's changed since that was last week when i spoke with him live crawfish crawfish boils i was walking out of heb the other day and they had a crawfish boil going on the side uh waco custom marketplace has an annual crawfish boil that they raise some money for a charity uh, it's just uh, it's that time of the year. So if you want live crawfish, 30-pound sacks at just over $3 a pound, Waco Custom Marketplace at 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco. 
Automatic Chef Canteen is a full-service micromarket vending and office coffee provider with state-of-the-art vending equipment, a wide variety of products, and offering custom-fitted micromarket vending office coffee solutions for your employee break room. You want a full break room solution and a workplace oasis? Well, Automatic Chef Canteen, locally owned and operated for over 50 years in Central Texas, also includes in-house mechanics on call 24-7 for fast, reliable service and maintenance. Automatic Chef Canteen, 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco or online at AutomaticChefCanteen.com. Don Humidor, you're home with a 48-foot walk-in humidor with the elite cigar brands from around the world, including the number one cigar of the year, Aging Room, Quattro Nicaragua. Plus, they have the great brands like Macanudo and Artur Fuente, Rocky Patel, Aston, and so much more. CBD, great for sore muscles, aches and pains, sleep, Vita Dreams, and anxiety, mild depression, general health and wellness. Their staff, very knowledgeable on the subject. If anyone is curious about CBD, ask Carolyn Ashley. Don Schumanor in the Townwood Shopping Center off Valley Mills in Waco. One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses. But when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one size fits all strategy. Cam Heathcott, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why we take the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Cam Heathcott in Conroe at 936-756-7717. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Three Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers, too. Nachos and and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrip off I-35 in Carrollton. In the market for a quality metal building? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel & Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal building design, panel options, building components, and trim options. Pioneer Steel & Pipe's residential line is energy efficient, offers low maintenance, reduces insurance payments, is impact resistant, and carries up to a 45-year limited warranty. In addition, they can also help you find a metal building contractor for your project. Pioneer Steel & Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at PioneerBoys.com. Boozers is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozers is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie Kay. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold, plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Boozers. 
This is 365 Sports. Want more updates during the day? Follow 365 Sports YT on Twitter. Man, you never know uh, what is on the plate when it comes to topics. We discussed quite a bit the first hour about uh, Kirk Schultz, the head coach, or excuse me, the uh, the president at Washington State, and uh, his discussion in an hour-long interview that Craig listened to, and then we put up or discussed some of the quotes that were a part of it. That that went deep for about an hour, and his chat room was back and forth. And then uh, the story involving Bob Huggins, and Ashley Hodge just sent me a text making sure we had gotten the story. We're not going to play the audio. Oh, no. <laughs> we're not going to play the audio. That, no. But... Um, yeah, you can uh, you can tell that uh, people are lit up over it in, in different ways. Some that are saying, "Man, he made a mistake. Let him go." They apologize, and, and I, this these things usually end badly. They do. I mean, very rarely uh, with this, and you can get upset about it. It's part of the deal. And the bottom line: don't blame those who and how they react. Although I do think at times we are incredibly overly sensitive about everything. Not this one, but. You can't blame anybody but the person who said it, period. Exactly. There's nothing really to debate. I mean, he said something stupid, and now he's going to pay the price for it. And I like Bob Huggins, but uh, I also saw what he said. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's for him to to have to deal with now. Uh, nobody needs to defend him or anything like that and, and feel like he's getting, uh, you know, some, like, attack, you know, from the blind side. Um, we're, we're only talking – nobody's talking about Bob Huggins today without Bob Huggins. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the bottom line. So – We'll, like, like we said in the last segment, we'll see what West Virginia does from here on out. They've released a statement, and that's been their latest move, and we'll see what they do beyond that. But, yeah, um, you know, no result, I think, would be surprising in terms of if that's the last we see of him, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not, then, you know, I'm sure there will be some acts of attrition uh, that he will have to uh, display and, and show uh, to reassure people that that's – the proper move. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll see. Um, I think it's just a real shame though. Cause, um, you know, he's a, I think mostly lovable guy, <laughs> you know, I know there's definitely, he's got like that, that, uh, edginess to him as well and probably has his enemies, but I think people love having him in the league and, you know, West Virginia fans love him and stuff. And so that's just, uh, it's a shame. Tom Brenneman, remember him? Mm-hmm. Cincinnati Reds, uh, television broadcaster, one hall of famer, uh, was fired over something very similar. Uh, with what he said yeah there's a picture of Huggins and Brenneman together floating around already so yeah people have put two and two together there and yeah have uh have connected them already in that regard but um yeah you can see that comparison somewhat I guess um although there won't be the deep drive to left field Castellanos meme that spreads from this like there was with uh, Tom Brenneman which is a a funny I guess thing that sprung from a you know bad situation, but uh, yeah, I don't know if anything fun springs from this this Bob Huggins thing. Someone here, uh, Spencer Goff, not to fire him. I'm not on the fire him train, but it was bad enough. You have to minimum suspend him, or in some ways, there has to be consequences if, in fact, it's not that he's uh, that he's gone. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, at the yeah, absolutely. And then you know, on the other like, what does Iowa State do? Just to kind of wrap up all that we've been talking about here in Iowa. And, you know, we saw Alabama, you can fire the baseball coach, but what do you do to the players? Do you kick them off when they're caught? Like, how do you go about doing that? Well, is there like a severity to it? Right. So, 
if you made, if you were in a that's under a hundred dollars, yeah, like two that, days. That, I mean, it, you cannot have levels. You right. probably can't. Yeah. You so cannot, and I, I was I, just in the DraftKings league doing that, the doing NFL stuff. Well, no, well, yeah. It's, well, it, yeah. and I'm not saying that the only level is that these young men or women should lose their scholarships. I'm not there because I don't know yet deep enough about the story. The, it doesn't. The bottom line is, I'm saying, like, what do they do? Because the the rules clearly, you can't do anything. There is no level. There is no like, yeah. hey, it was only fifty bucks, and it was only on soccer or something in the Premier League. It's this verboten. is. It doesn't matter. You do it at all. It's it's not kosher, right? So, uh, yeah, Iowa State and Iowa uh, now amongst those who will have to to wade through that but um yeah iowa state's already commented on it and i didn't go to look to see if if iowa had commented on it uh, as well but 15 iowa state active student athletes football wrestling track and field uh, is what sports those 15 athletes cover and um yeah the ncaa has been notified so we'll see what happens there but surely not going to be the last time we hear about a sports gambling story given we've heard like three or four of them in the last seven days or so last couple weeks when the alabama baseball coach popped that story popped my biggest concern was not the alabama baseball coach story but just because as paul has mentioned craig has mentioned as everyone knows uh, the gambling sponsorships and the ability uh so prevalent and Man, and like Paul said, you can just pick up your phone and do something. And how many athletes have done that? It could be just, uh, again, like Paxton mentioned in the chat room, could open up the floodgates. Well, it's also a situation where they're clearly able to figure these things out on the other end, though. Quick. I mean, it's not yeah. these people are doing it, and then there's like, Jesus, like, hey, I'm never going to get caught. I mean, they've used technology to, to slam the Alabama baseball coach into unemployment and improve that. Uh, pretty quickly and they assuredly have uh uh you know some evidence here that's why they're acting the way they they are on this this thing so yeah there's there are some repercussions it's not a a situation where you're just gonna you know put a fake name up i suppose or anything like that there there are some some people out there watching uh what's going on that's for sure all right uh and from spencer my guess is that huggins steps down for the good of the university that's that is an option alan train uh you just don't bet on games. It's common sense. That's the one. That's the thing to me is like, why? If you're these athletes, like, why? I mean, unless it's just so ingrained in you at this point, which how could it even be that ingrained in you? Because you're what at most like 22, probably. So, you know, has it been ingrained in you for like four years? I guess. Yeah. I, but like, if you're if you're not some older veteran person who's been around for a while, like, I don't know how, why you even go like. Like, why even have the app? I mean, yeah. why even flirt with it at all? I, I, just, I don't get that part of it. It just seems like you're a surefire way to, to get yourself booted and just a really dumb thing to try and, and play with. Or just, you're playing with fire. That's just it's not a smart thing to do. From Bill Dingspeed, uh, can they go to casinos and play slots or blackjack? I don't believe so. You mean they cannot gamble as student athletes on other sports either? That's some BS. They can't. They can't gamble on sports. <laughs> Anything, right? Yeah. They can't gamble on sports. They I don't play know. slots though. Yeah, I don't think. think you can yeah. go and. I mean, how do you again stop them from doing a slot machine? Especially when you're, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know that for sure. Yeah, I've never know. thought about them 
gambling, like just regularly going to Vegas and, you know, playing slots or whatever. I, I have no idea for sure on that. I would think that that's on the up and up, but then, you know, you, as you balk it, the, they can't do anything. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually don't know the, the Mac Rhodes uh, expected to be with us tomorrow. We can ask him. Or we can just Google it. <laughs> you yeah, probably find yeah, it that probably, way a little yeah, quicker. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm just talking and saying that on the surface, I don't I don't know uh, what's permitted or not as that, as that goes. But, yeah, I mean, like, BS uh, on other sports, um, yeah, I suppose. But you, you do understand why they can't do it on their own, and that's, that's pretty simple. But, yeah, I, I don't know about the rest of it. You have those pictures, Garrett? Uh, all right, so Jordan Williams, XFL, playing for San Antonio, was discussing, he was painting, and he's next to a sports uh, bar that's where the team hotel is. So here are a couple of the images. He's painting uh, a mural, and there's at least the beginnings of what he will finish up with as he shows his artistic way, which one thing, two things for sure in my life I've never had, always jealous I wish I could have, and that is to sing and paint or draw. And I can't do either one. Here's the thing, though. When it comes to art, uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So, you know, there's ne- it's never too late to start. And no, then I, I understand that. It's all, that's not true. It's all in it's how you sell it. Ugly is ugly. Hey, look, it's Jackson. painting. Look, try to buy a, a Jackson Pollock painting right now. It's just splash paint. You don't get it, man. I, I, I mean, you know. Who's Jackson <laughs> yeah. Pollock? Yeah, I'll, I'll show you. All right. I, very famous. I, I learned about Bunny Boy. And Jackson Pollock. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. Jackson Pollock. <laughs> Show some respect. I'm not, the I'm biggest not, artist in the world. Bad Bunny and also Jackson Pollock. All right. So Jordan Spieth just released a note. He has withdrawn from the Byron Nelson up in uh, Dallas. Has a wrist injury. He said, there's no one that means more to me than Byron Nelson as far as my respect for him. But uh, my left wrist uh, is in pain. Doctors confirm an injury that requires rest and limited movement, which also you would think will take him out of the PGA Championship, which is in a couple of weeks. So hopefully and good luck to Jordan Spieth as he tries to heal from a wrist injury. And that is from the AT&T Byron Nelson. He is out and most likely will miss the second major in a couple of weeks. This is 365 Sports. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, a hidden gem in Waco. Look, if you were uh, at a party uh, this weekend and you needed, uh, say, some craft beer or some delicious craft Texas whiskey delivered to you and you didn't know what to do, well, you could have gone on DoorDash and gotten it from uh, Riverbend Liquor and Wine. They're actually building a a second location downtown uh, right now, and I saw pictures on their Instagram uh, from Jeffrey uh, about how it's coming along there. So they are ever expanding at Riverbend Liquor and Wine and growing the empire and couldn't be happier for them uh, for doing that. Great customer service, a speedy drive through window. You will not believe uh, the service you get at Riverbend Liquor and Wine when you go there. And if you're curious about something, if you're looking for a certain brand, if you want to know if they have it or if they can get it, believe me, they will tell you if they can have it, if they get it. And the best source for local Texas craft whiskeys and craft beers in Central Texas, right there. Riverman Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, behind the bank. In our logo and advertising, we say we are people that you can count on. What does that mean? It starts with providing a quality vehicle and quality service at a fair price. But it also means we do what we say we will do, and we treat people fairly with respect. It starts by hiring great people good local folks who work hard with a caring attitude. Our employees are the real reason we are people that you can count on. Put us to the test and see for yourself that at Richard Car Motors, we are people you can count on.
Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive is premier elite life-changing experience where you can change your mind, body, and soul. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness offers over 40 group exercise classes each week, including boot camp, indoor cycling, and more. If you haven't been there in quite some time, you're missing out on the improvements for our members. New flooring in the weight room and locker rooms, new paint and mirrors added in the weight room and group exercise room, with more new machines arriving over the next few months. New free weights, weight machines, TRX, rowing machines, stationary bikes, new treadmills, new elliptical machines on spacious weight room floor. Personal training with Christy London, Randall Corley, and Alex Botch, where you will be encouraged and motivated to grow. There's sauna, whirlpool, tanning bed, and kids club. The amenities are great. 16 tennis courts plus an 1,100-seat stadium court, eight pickleball courts, youth and adult tennis and pickleball lessons. Visit our website, wacotennis.com, or visit Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive in Waco. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texas are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts to earn interest or cash back. With five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app, banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Do you or your kids get nervous about going to the dentist? Stonewood Dental, Dr. Steve Childress, he can help. I've spent a career taking care of patients who, as children, had bad experiences, and now they're adults that hate going to the dentist. If I get a kid at three years old, and they come every six months, and it's a happy experience, it's normal for them. Now they have an accident at six or seven or eight at school. Now they have a broken tooth or a trauma, and they have to come here they're used to lights, they're used to water in their mouth, they're used to experience, they already trust us. It's amazing what we can do with that kid without it being a negative thing. But if I see a six or seven or eight year old that's never been to the dentist, and now they have a trauma or an unfortunate unexpected toothache, it's harder to do that for that kid and it not be somewhat of a negative experience. So bottom line is I try to teach kids and adults and teenagers their body the way I'd want my family treated, which is where it's a necessary part of life. You just take care of it. It doesn't have to be that big a deal. Learn more. Stonewood-Dental.com. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Welcome back to 365 Sports. It's time for our weekly segment with David Hellman of FoxSports.com. David Hellman with us. Normally 530s on, uh, 5.30 on Mondays, a little bit earlier today, and we appreciate his time. So, David, the schedule comes out. The NFL, we know this. It's a 12-month-a-year league, and my goodness, they're, they're amazing how they've put this all together. Uh, the schedule comes out. Have you looked at the Cowboys as far as the divisions that they'll play this year and who are some of those, uh, I guess, challenges that they might have? Um, you know, off the top of my head, I know it's, it's, it's not easy. And, of, of course, it's always uh, – it's an inexact science trying to pin this stuff down in May. Um, but they have the AFC East, so you're going to get the new Aaron Rodgers Jets. You're going to get the Buffalo Bills. You're going to get the Miami Dolphins. Um, and I believe they play the entire NFC West, so you'll get two playoff teams in San Francisco and Seattle as well. 
I believe I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but they, yeah, they play the Chargers as well because they play one team from the AFC West. So they'll play the Chargers for what I think is mm-hmm. uh, the second time, or yeah, the second time in the last two or three years. Uh, so, like I said, I mean, I I don't get too worked up about what it looks like in May because something's gonna happen. Some some team that looks terrible is gonna make the playoffs just like Seattle did last year, and some team that looks like a contender is gonna be bad for whatever reason. So. It's uh, it's not really worth getting worked up about, in my opinion. But looking at it on paper, it it should be a pretty tough strength of schedule. Well, uh, the division theoretically should be better, right? I mean, the Giants look like they're on the way up, and Washington, uh, in spite of everything. I mean, I guess we got to figure out what they're doing at quarterback, but uh, still wasn't awful last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think. Well, ironically, I guess. I was going to say the division's never easy, but it's it's been somewhat easy for the Cowboys recently. You know, they they swept the division two years ago, and then even last year, I think they went four and two, and, and one of those losses was when they didn't have that. So, yeah, they've they've had a fairly manageable go of it here over the last two or three years. But yeah, I think especially, obviously, the Giants were already a playoff team, and and it really looks like they've done a lot of good things to their roster this off season. So. Uh, I would expect a, a tougher battle uh, for the top of the division this year than in the past two or three years. Do you think the East will end up with four teams again above 500 or at 500 or better? Uh, I'm going to say no, just because that's kind of unprecedented. I mean, you just, you typically don't see that. All these teams have to play each other twice. So even if everybody's pretty good, the math says somebody's going to get the worst of more of those matchups than not. And again, you can make the case, not to rain on anybody's parade, but you can very easily make the case that uh, the NFC East was so good last year by benefit of easy scheduling. I mean, they all drew the AFC South, which was a pretty abysmal division. And I believe they all drew, um, was it the, I think the NFC North. Yeah, the NFC North, which was not anywhere near as strong as a lot of people expected it to be. So, uh, I think, you know, they were they were fortunate to draw two pretty manageable divisions. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. So I think it'll be a good division. I wouldn't be surprised to see two or even three teams make the playoffs again, but all four teams above 500, uh, that's just pretty rare in my experience. David, what do you expect them to address uh, in, in free agency? And again, we're talking minor moves uh, down the line uh, now post-draft. I mean, uh, last I checked, they don't have a kicker. So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, So we know they're going to do that. And I can just imagine them saying, well, you know, we didn't sign our kicker until training camp last year and he had a pretty good year. So we're not in a rush. Um, I think they're going to, they're going to go into camp, I think, with the guards that they have on hand and hope somebody pleasantly surprises. Um, But if you'll remember, you know, they signed Anthony Barr 10 days into camp last year. They signed Jason Peters at the end of camp. So, if something doesn't materialize there, I can imagine them adding a guard. Um, and there was one more spot. Um, maybe maybe one extra wide receiver, uh, just because you're still kind of thin behind the, the primary trio of Lamb, Gallup, and Brandon Cooks. I could see, you know, if, if T.Y. Hilton wants to sign on for another year at a low, low price, I could see him doing something like that. What do you expect from Jalen Tolbert year two? <laughs> Uh, the cool thing about that is literally anything is a step up. 
Um, anything he contributes is better than playing 12 offensive snaps and catching two passes. So, I, don't, I mean, I think I think it would be a mistake to put too much in the way of expectation on him just because, again, if, if you're a top 100 pick, I expect you to contribute as a rookie. I think not necessarily start or have an amazing year, but, you know, I would expect a third-round pick, a guy picked, picked 81st overall can at least contribute to the season, and Jalen Tolbert really didn't do that last year. So I'm keeping my expectations low while also I'm, I'm not giving up on the guy uh, by any means. I still think – He's a talented player, and if the light comes on for him, I think he could be very, you know, be a very useful piece of that receiver core. And I think that's probably why the Cowboys didn't prioritize receiver in the draft this year is banking on him to improve. Um, but he's still got to do it. So, you know, if if he wanted to chip in three to six hundred yards this year, that would be phenomenal. But uh, I'm I'm not going to bank on that before I see it happen. David, I always enjoy also asking you some questions about other sports stories. I, I know you know about the Alabama baseball coach who was fired for uh, being a part of, uh, uh, of helping someone make a bet on the team. Uh, and now today, Iowa State came out and Iowa came out, and they now have issues with ga- student-athletes who have been gambling. To me, this is not a surprise whatsoever. It's more prevalent than ever before, sponsorships more than ever before. Uh, this this could be like the start of like dozens of programs that have this issue, don't you think? Uh, I do, although I will say, you know, I, I think there's a difference between an 18 to 22-year-old kid doing something and maybe not really understanding the repercussions and the head coach of a program trying to benefit off of, of gambling. I think those <laughs> are, are different circumstances, but um, – yeah, I th- and the other thing too is I think I think we would be naive to think that this wasn't happening when gambling was legal. But yeah, I think when you when you push it to the forefront and when it's a huge sponsor and when DraftKings and all the other companies are all over the the signage for the stadium, I think um, I think you you kind of welcome this as a possibility. And if I had to guess, we're kind of seeing it. We're seeing it in the NFL already. Is I think. Um, I think you're going to see some pretty harsh penalties handed out here over the first few years that this is a thing to kind of make it very clear, like, hey, don't say we didn't warn you. You could lose a year of eligibility. You could lose a year of your career for doing this. And, you know, I I understand uh, people might say it's hypocritical, but, I mean, these rules have been around forever. I I used to be an NFL employee. I worked for the Cowboys, and uh, gambling of any kind is – is prohibited. You know, we weren't even allowed, you know, stepping into a sports book as a Cowboys employee used to be a fireable offense and we didn't even play. So, uh, yeah, it's hypocritical, but people who call the shots can afford to do that stuff. So, uh, I get it, but I don't, I don't think gambling on sports is going anywhere. And like I said, I think they'll probably, uh, make an example of a few people to try to nip this in the bud while they still can. Sports gambling of any kind, or could you like go play craps or slots? Uh, no, I mean, gambling Gambling was fine, uh, but sports gambling of any kind, uh, not so much. David, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate yep. you coming on early with us. David Hellman, Fox Sports, with us on 365 Sports. And um, right around the corner, Matt Brown, is yeah, that correct? About 10 minutes from now. 10 so minutes you. from now uh, with uh, his thoughts. And we'll discuss his thoughts on many things, including realignment discussion and also the, the, the gambling stories now that have popped on Iowa State, Iowa, and who knows who's next after that.
So uh, what do we say with Iowa State is like 12 people? 15, uh, I think. 15, uh, 26 current student athletes at Iowa involved uh, from baseball, football, men's basketball, men's track and field, and wrestling, and one full-time employee of the athletic department as well. Uh, did not include any current or former coaches, however, so there was that one uh, caveat. But, yeah, 26 current student-athletes from baseball, football, men's basketball, men's track and field, and wrestling, and a full-time employee of the athletic department were all the ones that were busted for Iowa. So you're looking at over 40 people between the two, um, right? A little, just slightly over 40 people and one non-athlete amongst uh, – or. Four, 40-plus athletes and then one non-athlete as well. So, yeah, that's uh, it's a good number. I'm going to ask you this, both of you. There's Let's just take football. Do, it, well, 300 and what did Scott Drew say? 63 NCAA 1 Division One men's basketball teams and 130, whatever it is, the 15 to 130 in football. How many before the end of the month programs will, will have stories like this? I mean, there'll be a couple more for sure. And some, some might be well-policed, but I do think we're starting to see our first wave of these watchdog groups and the, and the audits and all the other things of, of athletic departments come through because this is something they didn't ever really have to worry about. Or even if they had to worry about it, you really had to, to step in it to, for them to know you were gambling publicly because, it, again, like it wasn't, it wasn't easily traceable. And here, clearly... Uh, it is, and I'm sure that in the wake of, you know, the Alabama baseball coach uh, going down, there are audits on top of audits on top of audits all the way through athletic departments. So we'll see. I would think a few more. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. We could see zero. Um, yeah. I don't think it really matters how many we see, or if it's like, oh my gosh, was the sky's falling or anything like that. Um, you know, what's what's next? I just think it's it's. Uh, you know, what was inevitable whenever you had these laws and you had student-athletes with the ability to, to do this or coaches for that matter or school personnel, whatever. Um, this isn't some big shocker. This isn't like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe our, you know, our programs. I mean, I, I don't think any of this is surprising to anybody. It's just that now you've had two schools that are not that far apart in the same state um, that have, you know, more than 10 people apiece or more than 20 in Iowa's case that are all caught up and, and now busted for it. And so, you know, it's just something to keep track of and, and to monitor. But, yeah, I don't think we need to worry or brace like, oh, my gosh, the sky's falling. Is something else right around the corner? It, yes, of course there is. There's absolutely going to be more stories like this. It's not the death of college sports either, but it is, like I said earlier, it's another major issue for them to contend with, and they already had – um, very little room on their plate for, for much more, I feel like. But, you know, that's part of the job. So yeah. they're going to have to deal with it. Yeah, I, I I I remember talking about this a few years ago. And I, I, I've talked to a couple different athletic directors just privately about what they, you know, we might even ask Mac publicly about it. But two issues that were coming down the pipeline of the world, ever-changing world for college athletic directors are legalized marijuana and how – you deal with that, uh, especially across state lines and different things where, you know, if it's not legal in Texas, but it's legal in Oklahoma and you have players go to Oklahoma and they can easily walk to dispensary and get it, like, how do you even deal with it? Or do you have to just kind of let it all go and, and hope it all works out for you? And then gambling was going to be something that the NCAA was really going to have to work, look at. And 
like everything else, and at least to to defend them a little bit, I don't think they even knew how to start looking at it. Like, how do you start with sports gambling being legalized and incrementally throughout states and DraftKings and FanDuel, and then of course all these athletic departments wanting their piece of that advertising dollar, right? They want that money. They want the advertising dollar. They want FanDuel and DraftKings to give them all the money, but then they have to turn around and tell their people not to use it like the pro sports leagues do, but they've never really been good at monitoring anything anyway, so I don't think they even knew where to start. Matt Brown, Extra Points, will join us in the next segment. He, I, he put this out there. This is from 2017. Overall rates of gambling among NCAA men have decreased. 55% of men in the 2016 study reported gambling for money within the past year compared to 57% in 2012 and 66% in 2008. As in the general population, college days and otherwise, women engage in nearly all gambling activities at a much lower rate than men. Uh, he also put this out there. There was, uh, there's, it's just bottom line. It, it, there's, you can't do it. And there's a part of the NCAA bylaws. So that's Matt Brown, who's going to be our next, joy, our next guest in the next segment. So we'll hear from him on that. All right, this is 365 Sports. PettyClinicLowT.com, Dr. Kent Petty can help you become the high-performance man you want to be, need to be, and used to be. How? Contact him and his staff, PettyClinicLowT.com, top left-hand corner email and phone number, and tell them I sent you. If you are lethargic, your energy is not the same, you're not sleeping as well, you have sex drive that's not the same, ED, all of the above, some of it, whatever it is, one out of every four men have symptomatic issues of low testosterone. If you're one of those four, Dr. Kent Petty and his staff can help you out. He will set you up to get your blood work. They'll take care of that. You go get your blood work where you want, although in Waco there's a specific place where you can go. They'll have the paperwork. They will then send the results to Dr. Petty and his staff. He'll look over them, and if your testosterone levels are too low, he can put you in a program to increase your testosterone level so you can become the high-performance man you want to be, need to be, used to be at PettyClinicLowT.com. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be a part of the Waco community. We're a small family business right here in Central Texas, and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important, and unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. That's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state-of-the-art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less. 
sometimes thousands of dollars less, whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance, and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing, if that's needed, everything included in the price, and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know. You can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or give us a call, 833-IDEAL-MRI, IdealMRI.com. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC see an equal housing lender. Did you know that one out of every four men have symptomatic low levels of testosterone and don't even know it? And if you think you're too young to worry about it, guess again. Low T levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, raise your cholesterol, and cause weight gain. Petty Clinic Low T can set up same-day blood screening and results. So if you're tired of being tired, call or go online at PettyClinicLowT.com. It's a private clinic with an atmosphere catering to men. Affordable, only $165 a month, including lab work, office consultation, testosterone injections, and follow-up visits compared to $300 or more a month in Dallas or Austin, and you don't have to drive 90 miles one way or the other and fight the traffic. Petty Clinic Low T has board-certified physician consultations and will provide the best form of brand-strength testosterone. Contact Petty Clinic Low T for increased energy, improvement in sexual desire, and performance, mood, concentration, even a decrease in body and belly fat. Just off Highway 84 and Old Hewitt Drive in Woodway, PettyClinicLowT.com. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 5 o'clock hour is sponsored by Edward Jones Investments with financial advisor Ben Erlinson, who'll navigate you through today's financial climate. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. Matt Brown, publisher of Extra Points. Part of the D1 Ticker family joins us on 365 Sports. Craig Paul, I'm David Smoke. Matt, thank you for your time. And, whoa, your thoughts about well, Alabama's head coach. We know that story. And now what's happening with Iowa and Iowa State. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a wild uh, past couple of days here for anybody that is a little bit skeptical about uh, the influence of, of gambling within college athletics. Uh, I, I uh, re- remember here, a couple of years ago, the NCAA commissioned a big study on the uh, on, on how many how many of their athletes and, and employees were participating in sports betting, uh, how many were engaged in in potentially problematic uh, you know gambling behaviors. This was back in 2016, 
before sports betting was, was widespread legalized. And they found that about a quarter of all athletes were, were betting on sports. So I have to assume that that percentage has to be ticking up a little bit, given how much more ubiquitous gambling has become. And if it's a violation for any athlete to bet on anything, I don't think we, we should assume that this ends with Iowa and Iowa State, which, are, which I think are very different stories than what happened with Alabama. I wouldn't be shocked if over the next couple of weeks we find that hundreds of athletes throughout the country and, and all, every state where this is legal uh, are, are being tagged now by, by requisite gaming authorities, and we should see similar press releases. Matt, what does the NCAA do moving forward here? It's a, it's a really good question. Um, I, and I, I don't, I don't have a great answer, right? Like I think what happened with Alabama baseball is obviously very dangerous to the integrity of sports, but I have to think that that's probably a one-off. The, the, the person who is most likely to give inside information to, to gamblers is not the guy making a half million dollars with the, with the most on the line. It's generally going to be a trainer. It's going to be an assistant coach who's making $29,000 a year on a baseball team, or it's going to be an athlete themselves. And my big concern here is not so much with college baseball, where you can't really even gamble on that in most of the country, and the places that will take your money generally have a really low maximum bet. So it's, it's, it's hard for people to uh, institutionalize bettors to try to profit off that inside information. My concern is the same stuff. Where we've seen, we saw it at Toledo about a decade ago. We saw it at Arizona State. We saw it at Tulane. It's a point shaving, and it's I think particularly for point shaving at mid-major college basketball, where you don't need a lot of money to get someone to give you some inside information to miss a couple of free throws uh, or or to uh, to miss something for a prop bet. And even gambling regulators are saying that's pretty hard to catch. I think all the NCAA can do at this point is is educate and, and, and let people know about the potential consequences of this, of these actions. But this is a problem for professional sports all over the world. I imagine if, 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 if major soccer leagues are struggling with this, the A-Sun and the Ohio Valley and, and the Southland are going to struggle even more. Matt, as you pointed out, the Alabama, uh, you know, situation, uh, who, who's betting on college baseball, right? You mentioned in, in a tweet I saw of yours earlier going back and forth with somebody about just how low volume that probably is in general. So that can kind of jump off the page at you. So I guess some are easier to track down than others. But, yeah, what yeah. kind of what kind of things do you even put in place to try to cover the, your other bases, I suppose? Yeah, and this is this is something I'm trying to report out and understand a little bit better. I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on a big gambler myself, and I've been hitting the phones over the last week, even before this was happening, to try to understand this world more. You're right. Like here, I mean, I'm based in Chicago at my local sports book, the one closest to me, uh, you know, down the street from the Big Ten headquarters. You can't place a bet on college baseball there. You can bet on like Finnish soccer and Korean basketball and a bunch of other weird stuff. But, uh, you know, you can't even bet on the on the lacrosse championships here where you can on FanDuel or some other places. But there, you know, it's can't place a bet for more than 250 bucks more than 200 bucks. I, I would imagine for niche sports where there could be some information, a, a synchron, uh, you know, imbalances, the, the, the books try to set low limits, but I don't really know if you can keep people from betting. All you can really do if you're a school or the NCAA is to try and keep people from, from leaking inside information or from point shaving. You know, one thing that I think would help. And I understand FERPA makes this difficult I think it would help if college sports had injury reports that were standardized and were given out in the beginning of the week 
So there's less value for a trainer or, or for some ops guy to, to tell somebody who has a hangover or, or who busted their hand earlier to get, to, to get it so they can get a jump on the lines. There's a reason pro sports do that, and I think college sports would be better if they did. Yeah, Matt, that's one of those things I think they've overthought, you know, and or have to accept now that, look, if you're going, not only that, if you're going to take all this big money from television, and then you're also yeah. going to want to get big money from DraftKings and FanDuel, you're probably going to have to. Yeah, and, and well, I think what we're already seeing now is many of those those schools are rethinking taking that big money, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it was, uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've had Colorado wind down their relationship with PointsBet. Maryland is winding down their partnership. Michigan State is winding down from theirs. And the uh, the regulatory bodies overseeing casinos are already telling each other, hey, let's not do any more NIL deals with individual athletes, and let's, let's get out of the individual sponsorship deal with schools you know some conferences are going to try to go take some of the sports data money but you're already i think seeing some uh, recoiling <laughs> once you realize what it means matt we lost you there for a second you there let me see here okay all right Matt Brown, extra points on one of the stories of the day. There's the Bob Huggins story in an interview with Cincinnati Radio that we discussed, and then also the story with Iowa and Iowa State Athletic Departments dealing with the stories involving allegations with student-athletes and and gambling. And one, I forgot which one it was, with a a member of uh, the athletic department. Matt Brown rejoins us again on 365 Sports. Matt, uh, the reason I actually contacted you last week to get on the show is because it appeared out of Scottsdale there was some more at least interesting conference TV deal and realignment intrigue. Have you seen the the tide shift in a direction or the current shift in a direction that maybe you didn't expect or do you think that we're still status quo matt you there you know what it sounds like he's like on a roadcaster like i i i use now at home yeah. and it, it it's it's there but it's not uh it's there i wonder i was just looking up down matt's feed he built a bench over the weekend that was something he posted on his twitter feed um he did make a there was a comment in reference to realignment coverage that john wilner made this this point uh and i know that whenever you say a certain name of anyone in media and i like john uh that doesn't mean i always agree with everything there's others that i don't agree with most everything they write but that Covering realignment is something that we're having to learn on who you really need to have as sources. And 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 it, it's different than covering a coaching change. Go ahead. I'm going to get to that with Matt after your, your question again, Paul. Okay, Matt, do we have you now? I think so. There yeah, there clearly, clearly somebody in Chicago doesn't want us talking right now. But <laughs> I hope it's not the wrong guys. You got, you got some scary dudes there in Chicago. Uh, Matt, the um, – I, I, the reason I contacted you last week was about the Pac-12, what kind of went on at the, the conference meeting in, in Scottsdale. Have you seen the current yeah. change in any way uh, towards maybe realignment or uh, maybe even an actual media deal? Uh, okay, candidly, I, I, I really don't think so. And what, what, what I can tell you from those meetings is, you know, I, I, I was not in Scottsdale. I texted a couple of ADs and I texted some people I know that work in the television industry the one thing that I heard very clearly, which I think we've seen now from a couple other national sources, 
is that the idea that ESPN is no longer interested in the Pac-12's premier programming is not true. Um, whether they are, you know, the, the, that conversation has shifted to a late night only package, whether a streaming company X has the upper hand, whether NBC or somebody else was popping in there. I don't know. And, and to be honest with you, it's so unlike any of the other television rights negotiations that I've covered. And I've, I've done this for a while for a bunch of leagues, big and small. Um, there's not, there's usually nowhere near this, uh, uh, this, this amount of public chatter. So at, at this point, unless I hear it from a president themselves or from somebody that was directly in the room for those conversations talks to me, I'm kind of I'm just in wait and see mode. I, I'm not saying that anybody's wrong. I, I just think that a lot of the updates that we're getting are from individuals that only have second or third hand information. And it's being kind of distorted a little bit from t- in the game of telephone. Matt, it, it's something I was going to ask you about. I saw your tweet uh, earlier, I think earlier today, perhaps, about John Wilner mentioned realignment. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen realignment discussion almost become red states and blue states the way it's covered? <laughs> this is what's happening right now with, with Pac-12 Twitter and, and their associated you know bodies and Big 12 I, I think is pretty different than, than what it's been over the, the past couple of rounds. There might've been a little bit of this when the big 12 was first considering uh, expanding and you would have uh, people affiliated with BYU and people affiliated with Houston and people with Boise state, you know, and have a, you know, those sources fighting a little bit, but it's, it's definitely very different. Now you also have like a, a, a third group of people, right? You have sources that are affiliated with PAC 12 institutional camps that are trying to get out one message, right? You have sources affiliated with the company, the broadcast companies, particularly those in the Amazon and Apple space that are not playing by the same rules that ESPN and Fox and CBS have done in this world. And there's a little bit of negotiating in public happening with them. And then you have voices that are affiliated with uh, sources connected to the Big 12 conference, which would obviously benefit if there is instability or fear within the Pac-12. And that, I don't want to say orchestrated messaging, but, but, but the way this is all going and the emotions tied to it are different than other realignments that, that I've covered. And, yeah, I think blue state, red state's not a bad way to think about it. Matt, as far as uh, on the NCAA front, obviously there are a lot of issues going on, as we've, we've talked about, and, yeah. and we haven't even covered them all. But uh, just as far as the, the, the strides being made or, or their direction, uh, anything to update, anything of note you feel as far as the NCAA and they're moving forward? Yeah, there's, there's I think, two maybe smaller things that fans may be interested in right now. Um, it, uh, you know, Charlie Baker has, has brought in Bain and Company, a big-time management consulting firm out of Boston, to do a thorough overhaul of the NCAA structure. You know, some of that, I think, is going to intersect with amateurism, but a lot of it's going to talk about revenue um, and, and, and trying to modernize the way the institution does business. Uh, I don't, you know, if you bring in somebody like Bain, you bring in the Kinsey and Company, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but it's always – it's. It's not something that the NCAA would have done over the last 20 years. Um, they're also working with Endeavor uh, to figure out what they want to do with their next television package. And I, I had heard this even before the NCAA kind of made it, made it official from a few conference commissioners that they're expecting some updates on that in December. The big question there isn't just, hey, do we sell the women's basketball tournament as a separate championships package from everything else? But also, do we spin off baseball and softball? 
do we care if some of our niche other smaller sports uh, their championships are only on streaming or behind other paywalls? Uh, do we or do we want to get into the championship broadcasting business ourselves? Put on you know NCAA championship app um, and take care of all the production. Build a studio in Indianapolis. Build a you know rent something in Burbank and and, and do some of the stuff themselves to return more money to members. Like I'm told, all of that's on the table right now. In addition to fighting with Congress, in addition to facing a couple of gigantic lawsuits, um, I would not want to be somebody working in Indy right now because there's a lot of existential questions on their plate. Well, they don't need to hire the Pac-12 network to do their own network. They can <laughs> avoid that. But it would seem to make sense, though, to cut out the middleman on the um, unfortunately called non-revenue sports, wouldn't it? For, for, for some of them, you know, I've had some people tell me that, like, for example, tennis is apparently surprisingly expensive to broadcast. Uh, it doesn't it generates a very small audience and ESPN only broadcasts it because they, they, they need to do that in order to get FCS football, in order to get the frozen four gymnastics. Theoretically, if you were to take on some of that production cost yourselves and then sub license it to flow sports or sub license it to somebody else, if you could do that effectively, that might make you more money. Um, that might provide a better product. That's what a lot of schools already do for their Olympic sports. You know, if, you, if you're an ESPN Plus kind of school, you're self-broadcasting a lot of your stuff anyway and just, you know, sticking it up on there. So, that's, you know, that's something to think about. And maybe if you can hire enough people at, at, a, at a good rate, it might even make sense to do that for some of these bigger sports. Like, that's, that's what they're trying to figure out right now. Matt, thank you for your time. Appreciate it as always. Uh, always enjoy the segment. Matt Brown, Extra Points. With <laughs> always the, a pleasure. The D1 ticker with us uh, on, on 365 Sports. When we come back, Paul Catalina's top five to start the week, and this is 365 Sports. Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, they're about to release the new values and discounts for what they have on their site. What we do know they have is Ram trucks, and Ram trucks have been honored many times for being who they are, what they are, what they look like, the power, the durability, and also how comfortable it is inside one of those Ram trucks. Also, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, with uh, what they have, the Jeep celebration event just wrapped up. They'll have new incentives, new values, new options for you, and pricing as well, and they have some absolutely fantastic vehicles on the lot. In fact, they have a lot of vehicles on the lot, and what they also are looking for is to buy good pre-owned cars, for you to then upgrade what you want on their lot and for them to have more pre-owned cars available to customers looking for those. Ted Teague, the general manager, one of the sponsors of the Academic All-Stars program. In fact, from year one, back in 2010 and 11, when we started the Academic All-Stars. Ted Teague, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat, Loop 340 and east of 84 in Waco. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears! 
Boozers is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozers is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie Kay. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold, plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Boozers, the wedding ring store and more. How did Edward Jones become one of the biggest financial service companies in the world? By not acting that way, financial strategies, one-on-one advice, it's a big difference. And that's why Brad Wilson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, makes sense of investing. Experience the difference for yourself. Brad Wilson, 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, 254-776-4337. Edward Jones, member SIPC. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Nitchie Group Insurance Agency. With the Nitchie Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Nitchie Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Nitchie Group at 1-800-258-8302. Aaron Duvall, owner, Texas Beef House. Why did you get into this business? We kind of were born into it, and it's been for uh, several generations. Our family's been in the, in the beef business, uh, the, the ranching business, and we've specifically got into the beef business uh, back in about 2015 when uh, me and my son uh, decided to form Texas Beef House and uh, sell directly to the public. Aaron, everyone yeah. knows about Wagyu and, and, and how elite that is when it comes to beef. What separates you from anyone else that may do this in this type of profession? We um, selected out Wagyu mainly because it's, uh, it's such a quality beef and uh, it's consistent. Some beef, some breeds, you, know, you may have, uh, you know, a good animal every now and then. But Wagyu produces really consistently good beef every time. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. It's time for Paul Catalina's Top 5, brought to you by Texas Beef House. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. Before we jump into the Top 5 Game Changers in the portal, uh, West Virginia has released a statement. On Coach Huggins, Coach Huggins' remarks today on a Cincinnati radio show were insensitive, offensive, and do not represent our university values. Coach Huggins has since apologized. West Virginia University does not condone the use of such language and takes actions very seriously. The situation is under review and will be addressed by the university and its athletics department. So there's that for whatever that means in the future for Bob Huggins and, and West Virginia. Top five game changers in the portal. These are guys that are sitting around that are 
uh, these are the ones who are are causing the most buzz and getting the most phone calls uh, among um, the people in there. And look, it's it's crazy right now. Anyway, look, one university has to fill fifty spots, so they're calling about everybody who's in there that they didn't already put in there. So they're fifty guys that they won't call, but all the rest they are calling. Number five. Uh, from that university, Colorado, Montana, Lamonius Craig, wide receiver. This one was really surprising because most people thought he would stick around, but for whatever reason, uh, he has jumped into the portal uh, seeking a different opportunity. Very curious is because wide receiver seems to be the position that is most easily movable in the portal to me. Had a big spring game, had a big mm-hmm. like 90-something yard, whatever, long touchdown pass from Shadur Sanders, and and – like two days later, he's in the portal. It kind of surprised everybody. Most everybody else that's been in the portal for Colorado, not all of them are because of what Dion and the staff has suggested. There's some that don't like perhaps what they see or how they felt, and some that also just want a new refreshing start. And Lamonius uh, Craig uh, might be one of those. Yeah, I'm curious about it. I mean, there's Florida State got one Casey Roddick, a guard, uh, and that was way early on. Um, so before the spring game even happened, he left as soon as Dion got there. And look, there were they were one in eleven last year, but of the few guys that they wanted to keep, he was actually one of them. So this is one of the more surprising ones. And the only reason I have him here at five really is because. He's on a one eleven team last year, so while he might be really good and it might not have been his issue, uh, still, uh, of the ones here, I'm going to say five. Number four. Looks like he's going to Auburn if you had to read the Twitter tea leaves. I mean, there's a lot of momentum there for Auburn, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, Interesting guy to be in the portal and not somebody who necessarily – uh, Dion, you know, made the move on because he's getting a lot of credit for basically everything, you yeah. know. And it's like, no, there's some guys yeah. that are like, I don't want to play for Dion, and there is that too. But um, how many guys did Matt Rule get rid of when he got to Baylor? Now, granted, it was a it was a different situation. It was like a slower were, trip too, but yeah. Well, and they were one and eleven because he basically broke it down. Yeah. to be in that as much as anything else. Um, Whereas Colorado's coming off of one and eleven, but yeah, I mean he he booted some guys off, but I don't feel like there was that much attrition. Now, granted, they had a team that had won Big Twelve titles a couple years before, so that's probably why. Whereas well, with Colorado, yeah, they haven't won anything in a while. There so. was attrition as soon as they beat what was it Boise State in the uh, bowl game, and and then yeah, that, that, I would say, I would think that there was probably a culture shock for some. Yeah, he asked some to leave, and I'm sure some didn't want to be there. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't nearly, like no, double digits no, or anything no. crazy. I would say no more yeah. than ten to fifteen at the most, yeah. if that. Uh, maybe over two years. Yeah, uh, not not uh, not just in one. Number four, uh, Jair Shorter from North Texas uh, did not from Colleen. Yeah, Jair Shorter. He would have had he had enough uh, catches to do it. Been the leader in yards per reception uh, last year in the NCAA. Uh, we'll see on Jair Short. I put him up a little bit higher because I I do think that he is going to be a, a game change for somebody and has kind of proven that he can he can do some things. Um, not sure where he's uh, the tea leaves are saying he's going, but this is an interesting one to watch um, in someone who's moving from the group of five to a power. First five. time I ever saw him was we were down in Belton covering that. 11 man or whatever it was the the shootout they had the seven on seven shootout craig used to do the showdown there we did it one year and i said who is that he's like isn't he i think six four six five very tall that's not really a little shorter than that okay very tall lanky has some speed not comparing him to quentin johnston but kind of reminded me of that 
and uh, a young man from Ellison High School. Yeah, no, he's more like six two ish. Yeah. yeah, he's not not that that tall. But I mean, six two is a good height. Don't get me wrong. It's just when you start getting into like six four, then you're talking about some pretty long wide receivers. So not far off though. Um, and yeah, he's a a great player. I mean, I I don't know who Eric Morris has left there at this point. It feels like every. North Texas player that's worth a damn has been picked up by somebody in the transfer portal, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, it does. And I'm, and I'm, I'm a little, I mean, I know that they're going to try to like move up that level, but if I had to stay and play for Eric Morris, especially on offense, I wouldn't be mad about that. No, I wouldn't be mad about numbers, it, but, but yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to, I get it. I get you. why they're doing it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be too shy from, from sticking around, but when you got these other opportunities and I think uh, Auburn, another team or another player, you can link them to based on just, searching around on twitter uh so maybe they're gonna the double dip on this list uh we'll see but yeah he's a good player i mean i look at north texas if i don't watch a little bit of them i see at least their box scores every single week and they've had some great skill guys over the years and he's one of them he's a he's a good player he'll he'll make somebody better number three Keon Coleman, wide receiver, Michigan State, just came off a visit to tallahassee he is going to ole miss tomorrow uh he is six four uh Big matchup issue kind of a guy. Um, curious to see where he winds up. He is going to uh, he's going to cash in on some NIL. Very curious to see where he goes. If he goes to FSU, he's not the number one receiver there, uh, but he's in a group of guys that are, are just going to be matchup nightmares with with Johnny Wilson, who most people saw at the end of last year, Kentron Portier, uh, who's who's coming up really well, uh, and then a couple of big tight ends. So I thought they the Florida State was flawless right now. They're ready to win the national title. I mean, I hope so, but I don't I don't know if that's necessarily true. They've lost some guys in the portal, and and right. you know, some of the ones that Colorado didn't want to see them go, but they they did. Um, but so we'll see. I mean, he's going to take. He's not going to be one of those guys who rolls into a city and is bowled over. He's going to uh, take some and, and, and sit out for the best offer. Um, leave in Michigan State, uh, who last week was just punched in the gut with losing one of their better offensive weapons and potentially their starting quarterback, yeah. although that gap had been closed. And now Peyton Thorne's on his way to Auburn, and Keon Coleman is on his way to, to, to somewhere else. Potentially Auburn as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's Ole Miss, Florida State. There's a number of schools, but yeah, he's a a guy who's uh, become highly coveted for sure, and, and definitely could be a name we say a lot next year. And Florida State would make a ton of sense. I mean, Auburn would make a ton of sense. I mean, Auburn is going to be basically all over this list, I guess. But um, yeah, he's he's got a few teams after him. Yep, number two. Coming off an injury, a, a player Craig really enjoys a lot, Alton McCaskill out of Houston. Uh, you know, a lot of saying Colorado here, but I, I think he's probably going to be a little bit like some of these other guys in Keon Coleman and uh, and take a lot of take as many visits as I thought he would have already been at Colorado. Yeah. I think there was somebody that was that covers Houston that mentioned look for Colorado, but maybe that's again unfair to Colorado. It was Bruce Feldman yeah. was it really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's that's well, why I had my whole diatribe was because. Yeah. They had people get mad that it was like, why are you picking on Dion? It's like, why are you defending Dion? I mean, um, and it wasn't an attack on Dion, but it was like this dude jumps in the portal after spring, not some schlub who's like second or third string, or you know, and I don't mean schlub that way, but not some dude who's not getting playing time, not some dude who they won't, you know, put NIL towards. He's the most important player on the offense. The most important freaking player on the team after spring ball decides to just out of complete nowhere up and move and it's like the hell and then the first tweet that comes out is bruce Feldman, who we know is well connected and the only school he mentioned specifically is d watch dion in colorado here and that's all i was pointing out was like man that's kind of shady 
and and Dion's got his little defenders or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think that was almost too obvious that if he'd have done that, it would have been like OC. Yeah. So I don't know. I know Florida's you know contacted him and offered him as well. I haven't kept track with all the others, but yeah, he's going to be great wherever he goes, so long as he can remain healthy coming off of that knee injury. Uh, otherwise, he would have had a huge year last year for Houston. And, look, he, he might have been inevitable to go into the portal anyways because he's going to be, you know, a star player. Um, but he'd be great for Colorado. He'd be great for, I think, whoever gets him again, just so long as that knee holds up, and it and it should. No reason to believe that it he, won't. And how the spring? I thought Dana Holgerson handled that story. He handled that beautifully. Incredibly well. Yeah. yeah. You know who we are not hearing about this much? Probably because Dion is – uh, overtaking all the headlines in other schools to Auburn, but we're not hearing Miami as much in the transfer portal this year. Um, although I wouldn't be surprised to see them land some of these guys sure. eventually, but we're not hearing Miami around as much. I think that's because they actually do really like their last two recruiting classes quite a bit and may not have as many spots as, as people uh, think are, are there at Miami. Uh, and Ultimate Caskill would be uh, an upgrade there. Right? He's an upgrade for almost anybody, but about three teams in the country. Uh, and then even then, it might be a lateral move. Uh, number one, Zakari Franklin, UTSA. Oregon feels like where it's it's pointing for him, but he is going to have an opportunity, and this is the first one. And uh, you know, we we talked to Jeff the uh, trailer. trailer there all the time, uh, and he's been able to warn it off for the most part. But you even even tell the the tone in his voice when he talked about it. It's kind of inevitable. You can't. Nobody can keep everybody anymore. No, nobody can. No. You know, Georgia loses players. Alabama loses players. UTSA not losing the guys from that group of players that they had was such an outlier mathematically that it didn't. This was bound to happen. It stinks for them. It stinks for everybody who's coming back to that team because this was the best player in his conference last year and might be the best player had he come back, the best player in the conference this year. That's how good he is. Uh, I'm curious to see where he goes. Well, there's his no old kid, offensive that, coordinator is at Oregon yes, now. exactly. So. That's the will. That's why you know he got involved in the Novosad mm-hmm. conversations too. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he ends up at Oregon, there's the connection from UTSA when he was the uh, quarterback's coach and co-offensive coordinator. They'll be fine at UTSA. I mean, they got a number of weapons. I mean, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, and has been a good player for them for a while. But I think that they'll they'll find their way, um, you know, around his loss. Um, they've got Joshua Cephas is their second leading returner who's going to be back this year amongst some other guys. So he'll he'll be a big, you know, he'll be a big loss for them, but – I don't know. I just got faith Jeff Trailer's going to find some wide receivers, and they got Frank Harris back again. So if you got a seventeenth year quarterback, I mean, hopefully he can bring some young receivers on a little bit better than a guy who's maybe thrown into the fire and you know like a redshirt sophomore or something. So I think yeah, having a steady handed quarterback, having a guy like Cephas among others back that that they should be okay. But you know I can't blame him. He had a huge year. He's going to making some money off of it and you know getting what's due to him and. um you know, I'm sure it was a little bit of a heartbreak, but I think that the people down in San Antonio probably understand as well that, you know, the opportunities that are out there for him. So, All right. Uh, by the way, prayers to Great those player. in yeah. Allen, Texas, after what happened over the weekend. Uh, Garrett Ross, Emery Winter, Jack McKenzie, Paul Catalina, and David Smoke, Craig Smoke, we are here for you every day, 3 to 6. We appreciate your time. Back at it tomorrow. And I think Mac Rhodes is back with us, Baylor's Director of Athletics, and getting some information from him on how and what athletic departments have been doing since the story on Alabama's coach and now today Iowa and Iowa State with their student-athletes, at least some of them. 
Have a great night. This is 365 Sports. Thank you.